0: Good morning, friends. This is the Boy Howdy Podcast. How are you doing? I am Annie. So
1: I'm Bill. I promise not to say bitch eighteen. <laughs> oh my god! Last week, listening to last week's podcast, oh. I can barely tolerate myself. I sure? it's bad
0: enough that I use the word rape a lot, and then you get the call. Use the word "bitch." that's almost as bad as me accidentally saying, "You know, it's not so bad fascism" in our first Skyrim podcast. <laughs> I was
1: having the menstrual cramps real hard.
0: <laughs> basically, I never got a chance to apologize for saying, "You know, I'm not so bad fascism" in the Skyrim. Oh, basically, that's right, yeah. basically that's what it boiled down to. So wait,
1: why to be are you fair, apologizing for fascism? <laughs> <in the Skyrim?
0: laughs> because I was kind of like, fascism ain't so bad because I hadn't You're really say that out
1: loud. You were just I so was weird. sitting
0: around about way. I'm like, what's a little religious oppression?
1: Which is worse Religion, oppression Or racism
0: That's what I, That's
1: the question that's, That Skyrim that's, asks Yeah that's, that's Yeah Skyrim's That is
0: life. And that's why I still haven't Taken a side We're gonna talk About that in a little bit But okay, I still haven't have Taken a have
1: side Hell no uh, Spoilers uh, I, hope, I, hope you <laughs> like, I hope you like Video games I hope you like Skyrim <laughs> No, we
0: are gonna this week. We are gonna talk about we the Muppets. I Wonder why our friends don't listen to this. <laughs> we are gonna talk about the Muppets this week. We decided, That's even though up. I have not watched anything in preparation. Yeah, for this I think we
1: already understand <laughs> Muppet. It's not like we need to go. What Muppet,
0: guys? This is our it's podcast where we do no preparation. We just brought my Muppet with me. We turn on a mic. That's really good radio. That would have been. <laughs> Bill,
1: it's really good radio. Been talking through the Muppet, it would've been a different thing.
0: We will talk about the Muppets in the second part of our program, like we do. But yeah. first, we'll talk about stuff. um So uh,
1: also, we got to bring up we're having a pledge drive this week.
0: What are we kickstarting, Bill? Uh, yeah, we're
1: kickstarting. Uh, let's buy Bill pizza for lunch. <laughs> PayPal Bill twenty dollars. Pizza for lunch at pizzaforlunch dot com. Uh, in return for that, I will send you this delightful beer
0: <laughs> and gift fast. In return for that, I will eat your pizza.
1: <laughs> uh, no, it's just, yeah. That's a joke you can make. Okay. I just spent half
0: our, Bill just got me. I got
1: beat.
0: Um, <laughs> so things that have gone on last week. So, I have been stressed out lately. We don't have time to But, um, I did not eat the last three days. And last night, I decided I was hungry after not eating for three days. I said, oh, well, once I'm hungry. And I decided I wanted barbecue, which for so many reasons is a bad idea, but I am a Texan and I like the Texas y comfort food. Yeah, uh, we barbecue? went to this place we called live in
1: Portland, Oregon. We live in
0: Portland, Oregon, and I live in Southeast Portland. There's a, a place near me, but they were closed, so I was like, oh, well, we'll try this cute place. Uh, it's a place called Tennessee Reds Barbecue. It's mm-hmm. on, like, um, um, the 2100th Street of uh, 11th, or the okay. 2100th block of 11th. I've heard of people about Well, they're down the street from um, um, uh, the bagel joint um, from oh, Kettleman's. Okay. So, whenever oh, we drive by oh, Kettleman's oh. and you smell that delicious smoky smoker, oh, that, that's them. That's all that, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah block so,
0: exactly. So, um, oh, I'm like, shit. we're going to go there because they're open. Yes, so, man, that sounds fucking Do
1: you weird. want to take a break and eat before we record? No, I can wait an hour and a half. <laughs> so, I think I can burn the
0: calories. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> Yeah. So we go to this bar and it's it's really a bar that serves barbecue. Like really, I am learning all most barbecue joints in Portland are, um, at least in my experience so far. But anyway, so we go there and we're the only people there because it's a Tuesday night around. Um, it's before happy hour and all this other shit night. was not. Like, well, it turned out to be because it's just it's just me and my girlfriend and the bartender <laughs> was Aww. the most adorable portlander and really i talked about this with a friend of mine uh brenna and brenna pointed out no no, no she's not a portlander she's just very much so an oregonian we wind up talking to the right. bartender who's this woman who's maybe 25 years old she's wearing her two tight jeans her um dark blue on light blue striped hoodie um that's a little too big for her and uh her hair back on the ponytail her big thick hipster glasses and a um red and white coors trucker cap
1: wow yeah
0: so she comes up and talks to us and we mentioned that we worked retail obliquely and she goes i've worked retail i've been a waitress i've worked in an office i've worked in construction i'm looking at her I'm like you're a baby how have you had all these jobs and my girlfriend makes the joke you work construction you've earned the course hat and she goes oh you have no idea and then i get to hear the story of the course hat this is what she tells me She lives above a bar, despite the fact that she works in the bar. She lives above a different bar and is friends with the bartender. And the bartender texted her around 7 o'clock that he was bored and to come down and hang out. She says, okay. She takes her diet Dr. Pepper downstairs to hang out with him. She notices the sign above the bar that says a dollar Coors from 7 to 9. And if you blow the keg, i.e. have the last beer in the keg, then you win um, a cap. A a Coors cap. Yeah. And she looks oh, at man, it, man, well. and a friend of hers who is a, a barber in the same building because it's fucking Portland, who's a barber, had told her that he was going to give her a spider plant. So he comes in and he gives her that, and she's sitting there with didn't her plant. In the
2: plant. <laughs> <here. laughs>
0: I know she gives the, bar- so many elements the barber there. comes by to give her the plant and hangs out with her and she just kind of looks at the sign and she goes to her bartender friend and she says go shake the keg and tell me how many beers you think are left in it yeah. so the bartender goes and shakes it and he's like five beers tops Okay. so she looks at oh,
1: her look, if she's skinny and small enough you to about that's
0: not oh wait for it oh, okay. <laughs> so
1: she looks at her barber friend Did and she's bart- hanging out with Did the bartender has pants on like what yeah thing? oh yeah. Okay, yeah it's just
0: portland you know yeah. so she looks at her friend the barber and says um i'm up for this it's i've got five bucks you want to yeah. have some beers over the course of the next two hours they each drink seven beers and still have not blown the keg. At this point, she is so drunk, she is singing to her spider plant, because that helps it grow. And all these other things. And her barber friend has given up. And she's like, I can make it, but it's like, it's running out of time. And she's like, fuck it. And so she stumbles upstairs with her spider plant and collapses. The next morning, she, um, after work, she stops by the bar just to say hello to her friend on her way upstairs. And her friend says, hey, the first Coors of the night blew the keg. That guy over there just won.
1: Oh, shit. He doesn't know yet. Yeah.
0: So she goes over to him, and she says, I drank seven Coors. I won that I shit. The bears. Exactly. And yeah. he's like, fuck you, bitch. It's mine. I did this, blah, blah, blah. And oh, totally gets all through the face. Like, it's not done yet. Is this is yet? not done yet. So it turns out that the uh, prize was a cap and a t-shirt. And as soon as the bartender gives it to her, and this girl is just stewing in the corner, um, the guy goes, oh, it's a trucker cap. It's not my style. I don't fucking want it. You can have it. And so she gets it. And then she turns to me and she says, and I've been wearing it all day. And that's when I realized this isn't the distant past. That was this morning. (laughs) And I'm just. I just look at this woman and I'm like, I do not want to be friends with you, but I'm happy I met you. Man,
1: that makes you want to go down to Tennessee Reds. I'm just saying, high-five. she's adorable. Tennessee Ooh. Reds has a really
0: adorable bartender. So you go to
1: Tennessee Reds, look for the chick with the coarse hat. <laughs> the and, and
0: shake her hand because she earned it <laughs>
1: in a very real way.
0: And she fought for I it. God it bless her.
1: Like she threw up into the keg after she drank the like, cold no. beers or oh, something no. like that. Yeah. No. Are you kidding?
0: She's a scrappy Oregonian. She's worked a construction site.
1: Yeah. She's she at all. She's.
0: She's consumed some beers in her uh, lifetime. So how
1: was the fucking food? Food was good.
0: Yeah. To be fair, I had not eaten in three days, and I then ate barbecue, which is not the food of. Yeah, bird. that's one from zero. Their French fries were amazing, I'll say that. But I spent all night not trying not to throw up.
1: So uh, it was really I'm good. It help. was really good. I wish you had kept it in your stomach. You threw it in my mouth <laughs> right now. Just bird
0: feeding you. Yeah. <laughs> we're seven minutes in and we were just alienating everyone. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, guys. Um, So, um, anyway, yeah. So, what else happened this week? I, so Sam Elliott, the cowboy actor. Yeah. The Marlboro man. Or no, the Where's the Beef man and other things. The Marlboro man from. Where's the beef? He did. He's Where's the Beef? Oh, he did. Wait, no, no, no. Fuck. I'm confused. No, he was. He um, was so good as that little lady. A, what's the it. other Fuck you I'm confused What was the other ad campaign with Beef it's what's for dinner He was beef it's what's oh, for dinner Oh makes
1: sense Shit oh, That took man,
0: me way too long I beef. Beef <laughs> I'm gonna keep talking about together. I'm gonna keep talking about Oh my god food. Sam Elliott
1: Also of uh, the Big Lebowski, uh, uh What's that stupid movie Like that's old And no
0: one likes it anymore Butch
1: Cassidy
0: You can't say That was his first film But he was the hands Playing poker At the start Please. of the movie Man
1: that movie's so old It's written by this guy Who I hate <laughs> He's also named Bill, which I'm conflicted. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Bill.
0: No, it's Sam Bill. Elliott comes into my workplace a lot and is very close to my 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 fiance and um, I. This story, I don't know if this story is interesting. I'm going to tell it anyway. Wanna make everyone. Oh, yeah. oh, you work
1: in a fart bra.
0: I don't want to talk about my work. Like, I'm going to talk about it obliquely because I'm going to be a professional. Uh,
1: and works uh, at what? The Baskin Robbins on the business? <laughs> yes. Santa, oh, man, Sam Elliott fucking loves him.
0: Baby, I'll give you some double scoops anytime
1: Black, you want walnut ice cream.
0: <laughs> anyway, so he came into my workplace and and my What's wife was the not there. Broadcast? My wife is not he's, there. Correct. So, and everyone at my workplace is totally smitten by him. Because yeah, the thing you need to know I'm about saying, Sam Elliott. He's
1: Elliot, actually as, as much of a sweetheart as you think he
0: is. He, yeah, he is one of the most genuine human beings I have ever met, period. Oh and God. he just kind of radiates a peace and, and kindness and generosity. Um, that he is the sort of person that my, my coworker was waiting to help him. And before she helped Sam, she helped another person who was working with someone that she knew. From long ago and had not seen in years. So she gave him a big old bear hug before she left. And she turns to Sam and she says, And how can I help you, sir? Trying not to get flustered, trying not, trying not to blush. And he just throws his arms open, like, Where's my hug? Yeah. And she and she told me about this later. She's like, So I gave him a little side hug and I tried not to get overwhelmed because I didn't want to invade his space. And then I helped him out. And I'm just looking at her, I'm like, It's Sam Elliott. He is the only celebrity in the world that if you meet and he says, Do you want a hug? You can give him a big bear hug because that's what he will give you. Yes. and she She's been moping ever since. She's like, next time he comes in, I need to go up and tell him, I found out that I can hug you, so I'm going to hug you now.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's got, he just, did he just start up a Twitter account? Yeah,
0: he's the Sam Elliott on Twitter. He is very, very charming. He he's tweets very a, charming. Lot, he a lot. He tweets a lot. Well, he's well,
1: one of those. He doesn't those, know, he doesn't understand. Well, well like, he'll
0: yeah. go on Twitter like an hour every day. He'll yeah. be like, who wants to have a conversation? So for that hour,
1: it's pretty much. It's, it's, well, he's yeah. also, a lot of people are following him, but he responds To all everyone.
0: All so yeah. So that means
1: like. He's tweeting
0: a lot, so no one follows Sam Elliott because poor guy doesn't have the time to talk to all these people. Even if he does, just take an hour out of his yeah. day every day.
1: But he like, he was, I saw the other day he was talking about. I got two scripts. Yeah, and he was talking it's about, about the scripts he two got. Scripts he got. Yeah, and one of them like, he, like the other movie is gonna be like he got a script where he, he he could be in a. Who's the guy who's gonna play Peter Jones originally? Like, Magnum PI. Oh yeah, Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> And that so, man that my like, mom
0: has a crush on, what is his name?
1: Uh, I forget. Mike Russell's name. gonna be so sad. I know, I'm not gonna bring fart, I can't remember the guy. Mustache Man. So anyway, let's <laughs> talk Tom, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Robinson. was like, oh my god, that would have been the ultimate mustache movie and stuff like
0: that. But yeah, no, uh, Samuel Lian, uh why are we talking about Samuel Because <laughs> I saw him and he's nice. He is nice, yeah,
1: no. So go he on, was a
0: nice Lian. thing that happened.
1: He is good. uh What's he smell like?
0: I would imagine Here is like, Sam Elliott. Oh my God! Here would, is Sam he Elliott. I'm going to paint you Elliott. a picture of Sam Elliott. Oh,
1: I want to remake ET starring Sam Elliott because the name his <laughs> name is Elliott. <laughs> I'm
0: going to keep talking. He <laughs> nice, cut, nice cut, nice cut jeans. Not like inappropriate jeans, just like appropriate. Um, really nice cut boots. A flannel shirt, usually like classic red and black lumberjack,
1: yeah.
0: and a black toque cap.
1: Does he come up with
0: his hot wife? Once. Have I never told you the story? This is the part of the show where I just talk about how wonderful Sam Elliott is. We were selling a, a beautiful table and chairs yeah. for a really good deal. Sam Elliott
1: is married to. To
0: Catherine Ross. Uh, um, who he met on the set. Of, no, 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 no. They were both involved with Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid because she played a at a place. And Butch yeah, and Kid. She does an amazing job. She's also more well known for The Graduate. She was the, the female protagonist in The Graduate. That's where she's most known. for. Uh, no, no, no.
1: That's an awful. It's name. not Ross Morris, so I don't understand. <laughs>
0: so yeah no so he saw this table and he loves it a lot i've got to talk to the missus about this i can't just buy this because it was a really good deal but it's still like you know a big thing so he comes in a week later with Catherine ross who is the most beautiful woman you got to be no i just saw her but,
1: but still yeah because he goes also, in and he talks your favorite movie of all time, oh so it is my well thing. she
0: hates it so what can i go and say Why she, it? she had the most terrible experience of all time she does not talk about that movie she had an awful experience with that movie. Uh, like, well, awful. she
1: wasn't, She like, when she's riding on the bike with Paul Newman, she wasn't riding on the seat, so I could see that. Was... <laughs> it was so scared,
0: she can't talk about, no, 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 like, the director was an ass to her, and, like, she was very alienated and no. everything. But anyway, ultimately, she's got gorgeous, and I was just, like, totally starstruck in the way they're not supposed to be. Yeah. And so my wife went, or my, my girlfriend, my fiancé, soon to be my wife, went up and talked to, to them. Wife? I'm just going to call her my wife because it makes me happy. My wife went up and talked to him. And Sam, and she had to tell him, I'm sorry, it's old. It was a really good deal. And your hold expired and it's old. And he just looks down and puts his hands in his pockets. He shuffled his shoe, his boot against the ground. He goes, shouldn't have drugged my feet. And I just, I love that man. I want to make him a pie. Like, I just want to embrace him. In, friends, in a totally platonic way.
1: Sam Elliott. Can you get him on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes some hearing uh, people hearing Sam Elliott on the podcast oh. is more interesting than hearing <laughs> about Sam Elliott. I'm
0: going to stop talking. This is awful. I'm going to edit no, all
1: this fine. out. No, that's cool. Uh, so, uh, anything mm-hmm. else about Sam
0: Elliott? He's wonderful. That's all I'm going to say. Let's move on. This really isn't interesting. Kotaku sucks. Before we started having this. I, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm keeping up with Bill. I get, made a list this week to make sure that I talked about some things I want to talk about. No, this is unrelated with moving like, on. that,
1: that McWhorter guy, he don't know what the fuck <laughs>
0: Video game website, Kotaku, which has been, you know, it's a pretty prominent website.
1: Yeah, fuck the whole boatload of Kotaku. And
0: it's just all the idiots in the world. Like, it's it's the classic <laughs> never-read-the-comment site for one thing. And oh, they yeah, tried to yeah. police it, but even policed, it's still awful. It's, it's
1: kind of the bottom barrel of the internet. And you can make fun of, like, NeoGAF and stuff being a no. bottom of the barrel? No, see, because like, poor... It's a weird mix of both terrible commenters. Commenters? commenters commentators? commentators
0: yeah. Commenters? What's the word? People Steven just... Toledo is great. He's great. But they also have
1: like idiot, asshole editorial staff. Yeah. So you're
0: just like, oh, oh man, wow. every time I because tr- like every once in a while, Kotaku, and it's and to some degree, it's that they're part of the Gawker network and they gotta get page views. Mark, yeah. And I will go and look at their, and like every once in a while, I'm like, maybe yeah, Kotaku ain't so much. bad <laughs> you did.
1: I wrote my own piece and like my ex <laughs> was just, fuck. <laughs> I fucking hate Kotaku. <laughs> So I would have Harry Knowles run Kotaku <laughs> and, and you shove just- both of them off and put together. <laughs> and anyway.
0: so like it, it's like I went every time I go to Kotaku to see maybe it's not so bad and they have to drive page views yeah, to,
1: no, for the, Gawker the to Gawker work. Is, uh, we we uh, we have known people who have uh, written for uh, Gawker websites who got fired just because they simply they only produced... Like whatever hits they have Yeah Like they only got a thousand hits Rather than like A ten million hits You could it, write it's, it's a crazy. really
0: Insightful Like ten thousand word Essay Analyzing The plot of a It's really two. Or of you that, can yeah. wear You can post a blog post Of some chick Dressed like Final Fantasy character Showing her boobs yeah. And get Three hundred thousand Page views So it's a
1: little hard To blame du- uh, editorial directly Because yeah. it's It's the money people That really run But every games, time but I, I go And look at tits aggression.
0: Or it's a cross post From another blog That's just about sex So therefore I care Yeah yeah. Or, what happened this week? I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try Kotaku. Because instead I just read Joystick. And Joystick, at least, is, um, you know, it, 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 they're, they're more consistent in their editorial. Yeah. So I go, they're not as fast, but they're more consistent. So I go to Kotaku, and the first thing on the front page is a fucking Tim Rogers article. And to so
1: wait, who's Tim
0: Rogers? Tim Rogers, I don't yeah, know I how, I don't know how he stays on Kotaku, because what he does, and I think it's because all of his articles spawn this total love or hate. Com- conversation. Those, like, people
1: talk about
0: yeah. He'll write if these like
1: the giant the
0: epics. About bullshit. It isn't
1: reviews, but just yeah, right. It's
0: like a video game culture. Like he wrote the article that I came across this week when I was like, "I'll try Kotaku. Why not?" I pull it up, and it's an article on ten things, ten reasons why Skyrim sucks, or something along those lines. And he starts the thesis of this argument. The the article is that you know, one of my skills is that if anyone gives me any subject, I can really argue why it's great or why I hate it. So I'm going to argue about Skyrim, and you don't know if I actually hate it. But here's all the things that suck about it. And the dude just bloviates. That's not a word I get to use enough. He bloviates like a
1: motherfucker. He's totally in love with the sound. It's just, voice.
0: oh yeah, like he did an article and one of the worst things I've ever read mm. that was about how video games shaped his fashion sense.
1: And it's all about yeah, how he. He, wear, like, well, he loves to wear lots of Like tracksuits.
0: Yeah, matching track suits. What tracksuits? like you uni- know like bottle. connect no not necessarily it's like it's all inspired by japanese gaming for the most part and japanese oh, culture Jesus
1: so and like how he does his hair oh my fucking god i hate video games he does like his, his hair like and, and it, like, like it
0: wasn't clear like, oh. if it was a real thing because yeah. again the dude is clearly a troll to some degree and like and it just and i that was the first thing i saw and i was like nope just so he's a, he's
1: a delightful combination of uninteresting long-winded and also a troll yeah and so it's a perfect combination of like I don't give a fuck about this guy. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: why I'm like, you know what, I, I've made a decision lately that I'm going to internet less, because I spend too much time fucking around the internet and not enough time doing my own shit, and that's... Water.
1: That's a name to write down. Fuck that
0: guy. <laughs> <laughs> On my hate list, man, Tim Rogers. To to no, anyway. I don't I don't feel strongly against many people, but I do not like that man. Instead of
1: going to... What I recommend to people, uh, if you want actual, relatively insightful shit, go to joystick.com. They're awesome. They're great guys. If they take their time. Neogaf. Yeah. If, any, if anyone farts in video games, it'll be a fun I can't first.
0: navigate Neogaf. I know it's
1: really. hard. I mean, it's just a big message board. Yeah. It's Cluttered, but if you do, if you're bored, and you just want to see what the hell's going on. That, yeah. That's usually where place burps uh, at first. Yeah. Um. But. So, so yeah. Anyways, what else? You, yeah. happen? you hate Kotaku. That, that's what happens.
0: I do, do kind of want to have a kind of heavy conversation. I don't know if you want to. About no, what? I realized this week that I was making the first steps in alcoholism. How so? alcoholism doesn't run so much as Gallup in my family
2: yeah.
0: as does depression and suicide. Okay. And, um, I did not drink until I moved to Portland just because I was very much so wrapped up in, um, alcoholism and dealing with the fallout of alcoholism. And for many years I did not drink and, um, I could not see how anyone could from that kind of background. Mm-hmm. And I have started drinking over the last couple of years and it's, and I do enjoy it. And, um, it does, you know, I see all the things I like about it. But I realized that I have been using it because I have trouble sleeping sometimes, mm-hmm. and does that because actually it knock you out.
2: Some I does, does.
0: some okay, does, yeah. some booze does. Depends on what booze, and it depends on what I've eaten, and it depends on other things, and it depends on how much I drink. Okay. And uh, uh, I. Um,
1: so what got you realizing that you were uh, turning alcoholic this week?
0: I was drinking. I wasn't eating, but I was drinking. Oh, okay. And I did some foolish things while drinking. Okay. And it's just kind of like, wow, that is literally what has always scared the shit out of me. As long as you don't have an
1: STD, you're not pregnant. <laughs> or no, but, uh, you don't like suddenly own a goat.
0: But it's, um, it's funny to have yeah, the yeah, self-awareness yeah. to say, like to have that when no one else in my family ever has. Or hasn't had the strength or hasn't it's had good. the support group.
1: Well, I'll live in a culture but, that's a more accepting towards people like realizing they're alcoholic now, like, yeah. rather, like 20 years ago. Or
0: whatever. Having said that, I did tell a story about going to a bar last night. But you know, I think like there's, it's just all about, but it's all about, you know, knowing what you, knowing when you're doing something for pleasure and knowing when you're doing something as self medication. Yeah. And having the self awareness. And thank God, having someone who can look at you and go, that's fine. And it's fine that you don't want to cut this out of your life because they don't because yeah. I don't want it to be a weird thing because that's what's gonna happen if I cut it out of my life it's going to become a weird thing again where again I can't be around people who are drinking it blah 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 because yeah. that's how I was for a long time
1: well, it's not like you are you're not saying that you're actually alcoholic now it's just I just could see myself
0: totally going down that road you're, you so got fast more open,
1: you're looking into it yeah
0: thank God my wife looked at me and said you don't need to do that and you know why okay. and that was what made me go oh yeah. So yeah it's you know It's funny it's really? funny because I never understood How children of alcoholics could be alcoholics I was like that always I'm like How can you do that or like I was reading an article About spousal abuse mm-hmm. and it was like All like pretty much every spout Like most of the studies on spousal abuse have been by People who were abused either by their Family or something like mm-hmm. that and like I'm like How do you do that and it's really easy Because it just feels natural Part of the realization was I realized That my favorite drink was um, the alcoholic Of my life's favorite drink that was really like, oh, shit. But what was your favorite drink? Um, that my favorite drink was the alcoholic that was in my life. It was their favorite drink.
1: Oh, really? Okay. It was yeah. like, oh. That's the yeah. special. Jesus Christ. Well, at least you have that warning yeah. sign. At least yeah. you know. That's yeah. better than nothing.
0: That is, you know, and it's something that I've always been aware of, and I've always told myself, nope.
1: And so you're drinking a lot of milk and shit from now
0: like, uh, <laughs> Drinking a lot of water. And it's good. I gain, you know, when you drink a lot of alcohol, you gain weight.
1: You're a fan of beer, beer whiskey. Beard whiskey. Oh, okay. Not wine.
0: My wife. Well, I like wine okay. Wine is good just because one drink makes it. I am like, I didn't
1: know if you had any wine here Yeah. Because we do have like five uh, casks of wine yeah. in the
0: house. So it's a thing. So I just want to say to anybody out there who struggles with darkness, you know, just, you just got to listen to yourself. And if you have people in your life who know you well enough and that you trust well enough to listen to, to listen to Because it's a scary thing. Now let's talk about Skyrim.
1: Uh, this week I realized I'm addicted to marshmallows. <laughs> You wanted to be a marshmallow when you grow up. I <laughs> bought a giant bag of the giant. Have you seen the new one? Mar- Did I show you these? You
0: bought some for me last year. Do you not remember this? Yeah, because I bought. some It's for still
1: my... in my it's cupboard. The giant size marshmallows are as big as your fist. <laughs> they
0: fill. You put them in a mug, and especially once yeah, the
1: liquid, it, just then, sucks it all up. then your mug I mean, is. Up, like, if you, have a hot chocolate, <laughs> you have to have a fork. If you have a mug of hot chocolate, stick one of these in there. Yeah. You just end up with a brown marshmallow. Yeah. Um. What was I gonna say?
0: You're addicted to marshmallows. I was going to talk about Skyrim now. I'm always
1: addicted. Did you see they're making a Sour Patch Kids video game? (laughs) Starring, was it? Starring uh, Method Man and Creed from The Office. Are you kidding me? It's being made by uh, Capcom, or it's being produced by Capcom. It's a real thing.
0: That's because there is a, no, 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 a belief. No, no, no. There is a belief in, and it's and it's been found, fa- it's been reinforced. There is a belief in, like certain um, <laughs> boardrooms, that if someone says, "Oh, I recognize that," they will show up. Well,
1: that's, yeah, well, that's why there's going to be a battleship movie,
0: yeah. a Monopoly
1: movie, an asteroids yeah. movie.
0: It ship. doesn't matter if it doesn't resemble uh-huh. the source material. It's like I know this. That's why the Smurfs movie made, however much oh money my it made. God. Did
1: you see how much money Twilight's made in the last couple of days? <laughs> Not that. That's quite the same thing, but it uh, costs two hundred million dollars. You know what? I had
0: a terrible thought. Oh. My baby sister struggles with epilepsy, so I should not be laughing at this. But did you?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Did did you see that the birth sequence huh. in the Twilight movie has been giving people seizures? <laughs> and there was know. a moment. There was a moment where I.
1: Deserve It. <laughs> if they're going
0: to see Twilight, they deserve they whatever sickness play it, it play puts in their the body. I
1: think that one of the editors was smart enough to do that on purpose. They'll punish anyone who shows up for that fucking movie. Um, there was a
0: terrible part of me that I was like, um, Scrooge. It's very- like for the best to, like, eliminate the excess population. What is, what is Dear Lord. Week? What else is on your note? Skyrim. We're gonna talk about Skyrim That's a little bit. What about Skyrim? I've been playing more Skyrim. Uh-huh. Skyrim is still wonderful. I've been—I played. I took a little break from Skyrim this week, but I went back into it. I finally found a character that I like. Uh, now
1: that you're stepping away from alcoholism, are you picking up Nordmead?
0: <laughs> I only pick up Nordmead so I can turn around and sell it.
1: Yeah, Did That's, you miss it? <laughs>
0: If I could craft my mead into legendary mead, you better believe I would. Is that the best
1: stuff? I can't. I don't know what the system mead. is.
0: I don't know what the system yeah, is. But anyway, no, um, no. So let's talk a little bit about Skyrim. Skyrim. I, like I've been talking a lot about Skyrim with my partner too, with my wife, and um, like it's been. Oh, I got online a little bit, and it's been interesting because I find Skyrim is one of the loneliest games I have ever played. Mm-hmm. And Which is interesting, and I think that makes it a little more realistic in a lot of weird ways. Because, like, Fallout, because you would ask me before we started recording, what about Fallout? Because Fallout is very similar in so many ways. But with Fallout, and though it's a t- totally different studio with a totally different approach to this sort of game, with, like, Dragon Age Origins and Bioware's school of RPGs, Ultimately, at the end of the day, they really do encourage you to have dialogues with characters, mm-hmm. and they well, you dialogue
1: with your, your own companions.
0: Well, yes, and that's well, that's another did that's another part of it.
1: For your companions in the old games, I can't remember. In what old games? Because also used to like Mass Effect, where you know you get a companion in Mass Effect. And in in Fallout,
0: Fallout organically. Fallout if you fun? have your companions in key moments, it can unlock. I'm actually oh, killing I mean, my. I'm was, kicking yeah. myself because I kind of want to do another playthrough of Fallout New Vegas. No. In as much as goddamn, I don't. That's $100 my, my life I don't need to spend again. Yeah. But um, I kind of want to go through it and have a male character and have Arcade, um, who is this gay character. And um, he it's very artfully handled, because they actually handle that sort of shit really well in New Vegas. Homosexuality is handled really well. Anyway. Um, what is Arcade? Um, Arcade is this guy who's a, um, a scientist, and he's... I kind of met him, and I didn't really take him around, because at the time I had my companion, Felicia Day, who I really liked, and I liked her personal like, story, and I was already in her narrative.
1: Was it Kotaku, oh, not, not to change the subject, did you see Kotaku yesterday had, like, a headline, like, uh, specifically she didn't play with herself, blah, blah, blah. To be fair, thank you Adam Felicia day tweeting. Here's a video of me playing with myself. Cuz she'll fun.
0: make that joke cuz like yeah. I said when I start I mean, pack I she's up, open like, with a dick joke.
1: the me.
0: No, anyway, I okay. don't read Kotaku. I didn't see uh, Cuz okay. Tim Rogers scares me away. No, um no, it's cuz in in like I kill myself that I, I myself that I didn't um play the arcade Arc because in the first couple of Fallout games and into a lesser degree in Fallout 3 there's the Enclave. Yeah. That are and in, in Fallout 3 they're kind of like... Like this distant power because they're based out of California for the most part or on that coast for the most part. Yeah. And because that's where they had their offshore bunker where all of the basically all the up top of the US government fled to when the bombs fell. That's kind of, I think that's what it is. It's been a while. and But they, they're responsible for the mutant virus and shit that it all happened to. Anyway, so the Enclave is a big part of the early Fallout games. You know, it's a part of Fallout 3, but it's yeah. very much a distant threat. And in New Vegas, it turns out, I think, because i come across this location where there was a guy who was, had been a member of the Enclave. And I found a bunker that was labeled literally something like Secret Enclave Bunker. I'm like, why can't I go in it? So I look it up, and it turns out there's this whole arc, if you with Arcade and if you have him in key moments and he trusts you then he tells you about his past with the enclave and you can bring all these people who were parts of the enclave that you've run across in your travels and they like open up to you about this and then they will fight against fight with you on your side on whichever side whichever oh, side okay. you go yeah. with at the end. And I'm killing my I'm kicking myself that there there are quests in Skyrim like that I think with characters to a lesser degree. Where you can, like, become, like, when they trust you, they, but they're not, they're, they're never, there's very little, there's a lot of talking in Skyrim, but there's very little dialogue.
1: Well, you were talking about this just even a couple of weeks ago, how Skyrim started to wear on you a little bit, that, like, there's not a lot of
0: character there's...
1: to dig your teeth into yeah. with, with, with Skyrim. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of dialogue. I just met my favorite
0: of... character in Skyrim, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, with, there's and a lot of people... No, not the talking so dog I haven't lovely. met the talking dog yet have you
1: seen the videos of
0: the, the video dog? yes things got heated and then a dragon randomly <laughs> attacks it and burns it it's pretty beautiful I
1: just like I, I- I, I, well, I shouldn't even be talking about it now because I was kind of bummed to find out that there is a talking dog. Yeah. So I'm not gonna elaborate on it too much, but there is a point Spoilers in the game everybody where a dog does come up to you and start talking.
0: Almost like it's a fantastical land. I don't know how yeah. he would get around, along with Karjo, my <laughs> Kajit, sidekick. The
1: Fucking
0: cat. Carjo. Anyway, um Hello. no. Um there, there's a lot of people talking at you in Skyrim. There's very little dialogue. Because yeah. like I'm the sort of gamer where when I'm in when I'm dropped into an RPG that's what i want from it i want like uh, skyrim is the first game where i've been able to really forgive that because i enjoy everything else so much because there's so much there there that i could just dive into the rest of it and um but yeah with in skyrim you even in the moments where you have choices you're responding in a conversation that's so rare i played the game easily probably about 60 hours now and i have had moments where i actually control the flow of the conversation once or twice Mm And it's pretty analog, and like Fallout to some degree. I mean, you had you had conversations and encouraged you to have conversations with the characters. Well, I, like, like
1: I was even saying before we started rec- recording the podcast, even in Fallout, you could you had more dialogue choices with your own companions. Mm-hmm. With, I've got uh, I've got a dog now, and uh, I was disappointed with the dog you get in Skyrim mm-hmm. because even in uh, Fallout Three, when you talk to Dogme. It's not that you really had conversation with Dogmeat, yeah. but, like... You can still, interact like, with him. You can interact with him or You can say, hey, uh, take this, carry this, uh, here, I can heal you, Yeah, bark, or you something like that. You can even like just that. pet him. In, in Skyrim, uh, when you have Valiant, all it is is, uh, stay here, go home, and that's yeah. it. Which Literally, that's it. What, functionally else are you going to do? But, oh, like,
0: man. No, but see, it's, like, when you... The, the dialogue that you can have with your companion characters in Skyrim before you recruit them... Like once you've recruited them, you've already exhausted all your conversation. Yeah. Like I had taken I had for a while I had Lydia along with me See, but I, I've only had two
1: companions, one was Lydia and one's the Fist
0: Fight Lady. Yeah, at, Oh, what's her name? Uthgirt yeah. or whatever. And her hall arc is, hey, I'm
1: going to punch
0: you. I was so excited because I've gotten to a point in the game where I could take those secondary characters and recruit them into something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, here's this character, Uthgird, or whatever her name is, whose whole thing is that she felt excluded from the Companions. Yeah. And That's then when I became, follow- well, here's the thing, I became head of the Companions. And I go to talk to her, I'm like, hey, I'm headed of the companions. And oh, she still so has the same dialogue of, why yeah. won't they let me in? Man, that sucks. And so then I'm like, well, I can recruit her into something I bigger.
1: I am not surprised, but that well, would here's, be great. Like, exactly. And
0: thing. it would be or- totally organic. Man. And then I get into this other thing where I can start.
1: Because I, I was talking to her last night, and I forgot that that was her backstory, and I was just yeah. chatting with her. Because I yeah. hadn't actually chatted with her since I, yeah. she joined me. I was like, oh, yeah, and I'm in the middle I of the I forgot that was your motivation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. And I'm in the middle of doing the whole companion quest, and I got the thing oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, that sucks to find out that nothing, yeah. she's just totally
0: static. And, like, that's like, true. so I got to this mm. point where I could make her, I could allow her to be part of something that's bigger than herself. Yeah. She said one line of dialogue about it. She's like, I'm so happy. And then the rest of her dialogue was exactly the same. Mm. And the thing is, is that I recruited another character as well. Their dialogue, literally the same lines.
1: Oh, uh, really? More or less. Different voice actor. But well, like,
0: yes. Same but like the same, the same words are being said.
1: And, and it's, it's just that's like one nice thing with Mass Effect. I think this yeah. these things kind of get spoiled. I mean, it's so much of work. It's all the depth. Skyrim I mean, you know, just like so much of the depth. The depth Skyrim is in the world, so or I shouldn't like say it's, it's not,
0: so not depth; it's breadth.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: By yeah. definition, when you have such breadth, it has to be vast, shallow.
1: But shallow, yeah. yeah. That's why people complain. You know, that's why those games are so buggy is because...
0: There's so much there. There's so
1: many moving parts in the game. I
0: can't fault him for it, but it's hard to play. And finally, I realized the solution was, funnily enough, the Mm -hmm. same solution that... We, Foley and I had well, we, were play, yeah. we were trying I've to play we were trying to play Fable together and I only really decided yeah. to approach it this way because a friend of mine online was like I'm making my decisions Sam Elliott that's right Sam Elliott said I'm making my Sam decisions Sam
1: loves Kyrie.
0: I'm making my decisions based on role play reasons that yeah. I am projecting on my character that's not necessarily in game because that makes things You're more interesting
1: gross. which some people do anyway but like I did never, I'm not that kind of person
0: I when in games I very much so want to experience the narrative I very much so respect even if I don't necessarily enjoy the narrative that they tell me or where they go, enslaved. Um I loved enslaved. The ending of that is still my girlfriend, my wife and I talk about that all the time. So um anyway, um uh with um and i never it never occurred to me to do that. To, and to be fair, Skyrim makes it very easy because unlike, you know, a lot of other games, you have very little backstory that you're presented with yeah. other than your you race. They do not explain how you got
1: caught or why you're a prisoner at the beginning of the game or anything either. Well, at least as far as I know. And I don't know if explained. they will. Yeah,
0: And I'm fine with that. And I was thinking about this you're, with New yeah, Vegas.
1: Another role-playing game where you're psyched
0: for. Yeah. yeah. But I was thinking about this in New Vegas because the last piece of DLC with New Vegas was this character that revealed all of this aspects of your backstory that you did not know about. Because literally New Vegas, you have a head injury Which is, like, an easy out. Yeah. But, you know,
1: but... That explains why you get to choose how you fix yourself because you're being repaired. And it
0: totally works for the sake of the game. But all of a sudden, they start giving me this backstory, and I was like, whoa, 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 this is not who I am. And that was the first time I had that realization that I had started doing that, even though it was totally unconscious. So this friend of mine helped me make the choice to make a conscious decision. And then, like, whenever I'm making choices in the game, it's not necessarily what I want to do or see. It's what do I think this character wants. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I I came up with this whole... yeah. i came up with this whole backstory for my character because i'm like i wanted to be imperial this is literally the motivation for my choosing an imperial i looked at all the perks i'm a little bit fascist apparently no Mm. i'm an army brat is what i am and there's a part of me that is like big government is safe right which is stupid Mm. anyway so um um uh i've chosen imperial because there's a perk for it where you find money more often you just happen to find nickels and dimes, and yeah. I'm totally Lucy. Nickles, Nickels, Nickels, dimes, dimes, dimes. You know, I'm <laughs> like gotta find it all.
2: Exactly.
0: Um, so that was the extent of my motivation for choosing an and, and imperial. And that's then I my, a perk. That's one of the perks. There are other perks. Okay. I don't use the daily spell because I'm not Because it's just like in D and i I'm not gonna use my daily. Knows? I need it later. You know, the reason I chose
1: Nord is because you can yell at people and never use that okay. a battle cry
0: thing. I never yeah. got around to using anyway. Go ahead. Anyway, so um uh, and then I let my girlfriend make my character and so I was just thinking about her and the one thing that I did insist on is I wanted to have war paint I wanted to have white war paint because yeah. it looked kind of cool it looked almost like ritualistic like scarring, sort of yeah. thing yeah. yeah so I was like oh yeah we're gonna do that because war paint is silly but that looks cool and then I was thinking about it I'm like well why would my imperial be in this situation so I came up with this whole backstory that's yeah. like so she was the um, probably like some sort of bastard child I actually want to make my girlfriend draw a comic of this so we'll see if that happens because bless her heart she's got better things to do than illustrate my Skyrim fan fiction but um i like my my character is an imperial who is the bastard child of an imperial soldier and i'm um, just a camp follower okay. and one of the things i wanted to do was is the soldier male or female is the camp follower male or female i was like wanted to fuck with that a little bit but anyway and so you know in the imperials that in the camp followers that because that's where she kind of played around and um there were all these different like her best friend was like a lizard person and all this shit but um she has a lot her um her the camp follower parent is a little promiscuous and it caused a lot of troubles and there's really uncertainty around parentage. So my Imperial really escapes into books a lot because there's a pretty good camp library Mm -hmm. and she reads a lot about Nordic history and she totally becomes fascinated by it. And frankly, she's a lesbian and there are some Nordic women in the camp that she is totally smitten with. Mm -hmm. So in every way she becomes enamored with this culture and this race. And so she, when she finds out that there is this uprising and the Nordic people are trying to unite, she sneaks in to try and help the cause because she has no other direction in her life. And she's like,
1: all the motivation for your character. This is my motivation for my character.
0: So she sneaks into Skyrim and when she gets there and she gets to Ulfric, the you know, like and she sees how she they treat people who are not nords yeah. which is really dramatic with the elves see, but I mean, less so with that's the that's
1: for me because I'm playing as a nord so I don't see
0: any well you can more. see they have like there's a ghetto there's an elf ghetto in the I north city I
1: don't care because I'm just like they, I want to go they
0: talk about it all the time see where is any dialogue line? I just soak it up like a sponge and like what you're sharing no information <laughs> and where's your like whatever there's where's the like, dragon like, and a talking dog you are like oh
1: elf ghetto I'm like fuck the elves like I'm like any game with an elf ghetto gets a thumbs up I'm like, look, I'm like fuck the elves
0: I normally am not The elves are never going to be my characters in any media to begin with so like, so like that's like tell me oh my god there's a
1: gay sparkling uh, vampire ghetto oh my god I'm supposed to be sad about
0: that so my character feels totally lost between these two forces because she's never though she is an imperial she's never felt a strong connection with the imperials mm-hmm. and um she loves and admires the nords and likes and, but she can't be a part of it because this is something that is too strong and so she's still struggling with her choices. And meanwhile, she's just trying to toe the line, and that's becoming increasingly untenable. She's throwing herself in the whole Dragonborn thing. Mm-hmm. And so she spends her time, the, the climax of the comic was going to be, um, she spends her time exploring. And it's her alone, exploring through the snow. And um, smithing, and it's like her crafting like something. And um, wishing her wife would kiss her. And sitting in her home in um, uh, with her Nord wife, yeah. and because the game won't allow you to have any relationship with them beyond they give you money and food, just sitting I like in this chair, yeah. sitting in this chair next to her wife, just totally silent, eating yeah. together, and just looking so lost, and like and that made the game three thousand percent more interesting and then because there are two arcs of the game there's this civil war and then there's this dragon thing and so she's throwing herself heart and soul into the dragon thing because this is meaning that she doesn't have otherwise and her choice when she has to make a choice in that path not a moment she's like no this is what i'm doing yeah. and it like it makes the choices in some ways harder because i'm making choices that i want to make but in a lot of other ways easier because and the story becomes much more interesting because i'm projecting all the shit on it that's not there because it's a lonely whistling void but it's a beautiful one, fun, lonely, and whistling void. And it's made the game three thousand percent better. Yeah. And I'm terrified that they're gonna start giving me backstory or something that's, that's gonna, gonna it's gonna it contradict up. with my just elaborate fan fiction. Game. There we go. Yeah. I'm just which which would be car- appropriate for my character. I don't I still don't know which side
1: she's gonna take. I don't know what do choice you have she's gonna to make. Side? I'm assuming by the end of the game they're gonna force you to like.
0: Well, I think the two the, the two arcs dovetail at some yeah. point. And um, I don't know what she's gonna do. It's gotten to the point where I found out that the um, the Nords are probably going to attack my hometown where my wife is. And I'm hoping that the game will not initiate that until I take a side. Yeah. That that is like the first. Because I'm like, man, that's my home.
1: Man, I wish this was like a little bit of like an MMO and so then I could join the Nords and fucking hear <laughs> uh,
0: If you killed my wife, boom, Imperial that all that the way. There, yeah. That's what it's probably going to take um, for my
1: character. My character is a kleptomaniac chef. <laughs> that is her entire motivation. I'm assuming that's why she gets arrested at the beginning of the game because they don't explain yeah. why. Uh, See, my character she was, was
0: sneaking into Skyrim. That's I, why. I, I
1: think she stole too much uh, fruit, and she got arrested. And she came to Skyrim hoping there'd be some kind of crazy chef academy, you know, because you have the mage, yeah, Harry Potter College. Yeah, she's probably hoping there's gonna be like a top chef kind of thing like that. There isn't. She thought like the orc equivalent of Anthony Bourdain would be there. And, yeah. and she's not she's lost and She's just stealing fruit From everyone's house Trying to make soup <laughs>
0: The one thing that, that does Make me crazy. sad about Skyrim Is that now I My favorite thing to do In the game Pretty much Or at least one of the things I find I don't want to say favorite Because there's not much to it I really like smithing In the game Because
1: yes! that's You've gotten through That's kind of the Backload of your experience Yeah money and stuff.
0: Well and not just that I enjoy it And in my real life Irrationally I would like To be a blacksmith And it's never going to happen Because I have no upper arm strength But um And I'm also An adult woman Living in the middle Of urban Portland <laughs> no, that though no, that doesn't mean anything, actually. There's yeah, probably two blacksmiths within a three-block radius of me. But anyway, um, and so it's really boring, but I've maxed out smithing to the point where it doesn't... um well, that's kind of
1: funny, because I love to cook, and, I like, my character's a cook. So there's a little bit of uh, autobiography. There we, know, go, there we go, Bill.
0: There we go. and uh, But, no, it's sad, because now it doesn't contribute to my leveling. At all? So now know. you're just
1: doing it to do
0: it. Well, I'm doing it to do it, what but I'm like... I get for, like, boop, maxing it out, like, the first ten boop, hours of the game? It's what I did. If I picked up literally any weapon... Oh, is there any... Oh, yeah. I would go and improve it, and then I'd sell it, and I'd get a better price for it.
1: You port. just told me to start doing that. I just started doing that. It's I, a I
0: find things. it fun yeah. and b because then it improves my speechcraft too because I'm doing more bartering because I'm buying the raw materials a lot of times to make the crafting which yeah. usually means that it cancels each other out once I sell it but yeah, you're I'm leveling up yeah of course now I've gotten to the point where I'm like fuck it and I'm just a hoarder now you're I have alchemy and cooking I have um, seventy thousand gold right now how many houses do you have just one just so one? far oh
1: like the one in Whiterun? yeah okay that's what my home the house in. There's supposed to be a great house in. Is it the house that's in the northern city by the, the, the Mage College? I think they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Like, the best house in the game is up
0: there. I have not gone to the and Mage it College 000, yet. Oh, no. well, I can afford it. Fuck. Because there's I, nothing else I'm doing with my money. I just
1: made six. dollars I, I just I just finally got myself $6,000. And so I'm like, oh, we're there. I can yeah. Probably, like, I haven't even seen that See, all you do
0: then is go train with someone, and then that's all gone in two seconds. Yeah. It's gone. That's Unless high. you use the cheat. I just
1: leveled up enough, I just realized I can go back to the companions guild and actually no. level myself up and throw out some money.
0: Don't, in. don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. If you, here's a little tip for all you friends at home. Oh, is this
1: the companion? Yeah. You know, I, complete, oh, I did this with the archer guy. Complete it,
0: all the companion quests. They will become, then they will be your followers whenever you want. And then when you train with oh. them, your money is yeah, in their is inventory. Yeah.
1: because I know there's archery guy in, was yeah. what's Riverwood, the first time you yeah. come into? Yeah. There's an archery guy there who he will become your companion no matter what. Yeah. And so
0: that's oh, I no, I pissed him. him off. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I pissed him off. Because I'm like, you're an elf, fuck you. That was my first thought in the game. <laughs> that was the first choice I made in the oh, game. i like, oh, get him. Well, I'm now. So now one I see, it's like they're 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 living the, all the elves in the realm are in this weird Fucking like oppressed elves. place, and then uh, such like nature. the elves. Well, in this game, it's easy because the elves are either oppressed oh. people or they're the oppressors because yeah. they're either the Thalmor or they're the the, the the city elves or whatever. And
1: it's sad. I hated elves in every kind of fiction. I do too. What is demon. that about? It's just there's so and, uh, and so many people like it's fantasy fulfillment for, for so many other people. Like, yeah, I wish I was an elf. I don't. Andy, you and I in personality are dwarves. So it makes sense. Uh, we just want to be in a dark cave, smithing, uh, making bread,
0: <laughs> What I All the things that, that I fantasize our about myself having are strength yeah. and, like, badassness. Because, you know, all the things that they project on elves, like charisma and beauty, I don't care about beauty. And I'm just charismatic enough that I can handle it. <laughs> Most of the time when I'm not being a dipshit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm like, I don't need any of those things. What I want to be, I don't want to be willowy, but really agile. Yeah. No. A part of me wants to do parkour, yes, but I don't want to be built like Legolas. I want to be built like Ezio. Like, if I had to choose. Can you play more of that? Assassin's
1: Creed is still, I have still not put just, it in the disc. You know what? what I'm if going, you're going hearing,
0: to. You're better off. No, 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 playing. no. Oh nice. I, I love Assassin's Creed, irrationally.
1: Man, black, know we can talk about Black Friday stuff in a bit. That, but that was kind of interesting. What, I, how I saw the last uh, Assassin's Creed game was not selling that well on Black Friday. Mm. It's funny. It's that's funny what sells. Anyway, Man, else about uh,
0: Ubisoft has a, a, a Ubisoft. Excuse me, Ubisoft has a um, thing called Ubisoft Work Ubisoft Workshop, which is where they. Um, that's where they make merch for all their properties. That's also the part of their they company. On my yeah but it, that's also they did like a really uh, neat Assassin's Creed comic and all this other media and like the short films and everything are technically branches oh, yeah, of yeah, yeah. where it's like it's like creative things ancillary to the game yeah um, and, and they had like a, Assassin's Creed Embers thing yeah. Kind of, yeah so they had a Black Friday sale and I looked at their website and they had a Assassin's Creed belt buckle of the Assassin's logo yeah and I am terrifyingly close to being a collector of belt buckles I have a Spider-Man belt buckle an Oregon yeah, Trail yeah, belt, an belt buckle breed. and an Uncharted belt buckle yeah. and I know that if I buy one more then I I am down that path and I will collect belt buckles and I looked at it for a minute well here's the thing I looked at it for a minute and I was like I should buy that and then I immediately immediately thought that looks like a (laughs) vagina it has always looked like a vagina. It has, Bill. How does that
1: look like a compass?
0: It looks like a vagina, Bill. A a it looks little like little a vagina. vagina. <laughs> You've it at the bottom with claws and... No, but I'm just saying, if you're going to, if you're, it looks if like you're, a lady, you're I when people it. make an, uh, like a, 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 vagina in, in like, with, um, <laughs> with like type... On the internet, yeah, that's, that's true, what they that's do. True. That is what they do. They do open parentheses, period, <laughs> close parentheses, and that is what these. Assess- and I realized yeah, that, that if I like a it was cheap. It was like fifteen dollars. Like- it was part of the Black Friday sale. God. But I realized if I had this belt buckle and wore it on my belt, it would look even more like a vagina. say Just- as
1: a lady wearing belt buckles. The
0: stuff. joke I made on-, on Twitter was that I could wear it to PAX and Pride. Man,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> that was my joke.
1: God, oh man, uh. Valve had a crazy Black Friday sale. Did they? Yeah, with all their posters and stuff. But like, I think everything was on sale. I
0: like, work retail. Black Friday, I do not think about or participate
1: in. So I bet I, you I, saved I a, a lot of money. Yeah, Um By the way, about Skyrim.
0: That was a big thing I want to talk about. Uh, oh wait, no, I did meet the best, the first character I actually like, Parthenex.
1: Yeah, what about Parthinex?
0: I'm not gonna talk about Parthenex because it's a huge spoiler. Parthenex is the only character I like in the game, and anyone who's met him will agree. Is he
1: part of the main story quest line? Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. He's part of the Dragon Quest line, which uh, is great.
1: Speaking about how much we love Kotaku, <laughs> I read an article on Kotaku. <laughs> That's the common thing. I hate Kotaku! Did you see what was on Kotaku again? <laughs> uh no, there was just a real quick last thing about Skyrim. Oh oh my god, <laughs> you're listening to this like Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! I think people like Skyrim. Hey, a, a friend Skyrim. of mine,
0: my 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 oh. my, my dear um, uh, Canadian bro Jay, bought Skyrim because we were talking about the Skype podcast. Oh, yeah. I apologize now Wait, for however much time you don't know him. It's just some guy that I've met. Oh yet.
1: well, then. you are well, in Canada. I don't know him.
0: You don't know so There are only four, four right? Canadians. <laughs> There are some people on the internet who like are friends on the internet, and then there are other people who are just in your life and you don't necessarily interact a lot, but I you're know, just they're I just know. these positive people in your life. And he's totally been that this for years. my a in
1: candidate, you don't know him. That like, was me. in candidate, you've
0: never met him. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I apologize. I apologize now. Here's the thing: I don't really know if his name is Jay. It's part of his username. It's like I had a friend of mine that I met once, and part of her username was Kelly. Yeah, okay. part of hey, her username, <laughs> part of her username was Kelly. And so when she, we, I met, I showed, met her, introduced her to you at the Captain Bog and Salty show. Do you remember her, at the redhead that I was an internet acquaintance? Oh, and I met her. I thought I introduced her as Kelly because that was her alias. I didn't know that wasn't her real name. Oh no. The internet is weird. <laughs> anyway, I only now know it's not a real name. <laughs> anyway, Jay, if that's not your real name, I apologize there, and I apologize for Skyrim. Okay, yeah. One
1: last thing about Skyrim. Uh, just so a talk today. Uh, this is on Wednesday the 30th. I just had an interesting article about uh, uh, tracking Skyrim achievements on Steam. Uh, of course, this has nothing to do with the console version. Annie and I have been playing the Xbox 360 version, but they just have a very interesting thing. Uh, just talking about, yeah, because it's, it's Steam and you can track people's achievements about... Uh, a few people uh, are uh, even getting as far as level 25... Just like what people are and aren't doing in the game is really uh, interesting. Granted, the game's only been out for less than a month. But like, well,
0: and like you kind of, in a weird way, though you can level up doing anything in, in Skyrim, it's really easy to fuck around and not level up.
1: Yeah, although uh, less than a third of players have uh, found uh, uh, 100 locations. I
0: have found 135. Yeah, packs. I saw you.
1: I've been tracking your achievements. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh, only 80% of Skyrim players have le- hit level 10. Seriously? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm like. I'm like <gasps> looking at your stats going. What you sit so up what? straight in Skyrim. Video. Yeah, how do you, not, you do that one?
0: Like, do you play for two straight hours? And you hit level
1: 10. Mm. Um, Let me see. Anything else? Did uh, you say
0: no, no one's getting married? Yeah. It's are, too hard. It's not worth it. Just like in
1: real life. No. A uh, uh, few people are actually slaying 20 dragons.
0: That was hard just for me, only because, and I was thinking about this after we talked about it, and and Stephen Hines had asked, um, how many dragon weirdness with dragons have I come across? At that time, I had only killed like three dragons, because there was the first dragon that was part of the plot, and then a lot of the stuff I was doing, I was fast traveling from location to location, and when you fast travel, you can kind of just miss the dragon spawn. It wasn't until, like, literally after we recorded that podcast, the next time I played Skyrim, I fast traveled to location, two
1: dragons spawned. On this time.
0: podunk little farm, yeah, one how. one flew away, and one stayed in. Fire.
1: Oh, remember last time you were watching me play Skyrim? I killed the dragon, and his body didn't decompose. Oh I yeah, sometimes it does that. And there was a glitch. Yeah, and I were with me when I managed to finally push him back to town? And now no. I have this dragon skeleton just hanging out in the middle of the town. <laughs> yeah, it's the whatever the, the northernmost city with would, uh, the would yeah. just colleges. Yeah, only seven uh, percent of gamers have not uh, escaped the first cave. Seriously? Yeah. The first thing you do in the game. 7% of players have not done that. Wow. Um, I
0: can see getting Skyrim, playing Skyrim, and realizing it's not for you. Less than
1: 60% pe- uh,
0: of Steam players have bought a house. To be fair, there are better things to spend your money on. And what does it do
1: you? Only 44% of players have reached level 25. That's what I'm saying. There's some weird shit. Uh,
0: well, it takes, it's a game that can consume you. And the difference is you and I have kind of let it to some degree consume us.
1: You know what? I, I still have one. Excuse me. Maybe I'm speaking
0: on my. Well, no, I've
1: I've played it a lot, but I've only still only played 25 hours, which is actually for Skyrim. That is not actually that much, but. Uh, yeah, only 20% of people have chopped wood, mined ore, and cooked food.
0: I did not know how to mine. I only did that because... yeah, oh, you have to have a pickaxe. Yeah. yeah you have to I, only, I only did that because I saw you got to achieve it for oh, it. And I was good. like, how do I mine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know what, Bill? Yeah, exactly. You have to finish the Greybeard mission because then you go to the highest point in all of Skyrim. And there's if you climb to the very top of this oh, really high mountain... Is that the throne of the world? The throne of the world. If you get to the very, very top of the mountain, there is a oh. pickaxe there that is enchanted called the Notch Pickaxe. Oh, that's
1: the... Okay. Yeah, it's adorable. Oh, I was wondering how
0: that. That is now here. my pick. Do you actually get
1: past uh, that, that? It's
0: you have to continue the gray beard narrative. Okay.
1: just uh, yeah. Only twelve percent of uh, people have gotten married. It's too hard to get married. Yeah, the fact that you need an a special item, just to get married. I'm just saying,
0: I have to go to another state.
1: <laughs> to get married.
0: It's almost I, that's what I had to do with Skyrim. I had to catch a cab to another town that I hadn't gotten to yet, just so I could oh, marry my yeah. Nord wife.
1: Uh what level are you now? I'm 37. Uh only less than five percent of people have reached level fifty. Granted, this is still Steam We're playing. Icon, I have been stuck
0: on for thirty-seven this. for a while though because smithing isn't helping me.
1: Yeah, I know, your crutch is falling apart. So anyway, that that's uh, uh Skyrim stuff. Uh, what else is happening? Oh, man,
0: we did, I think we just talked for like 40 minutes about Skyrim. Yeah,
1: that's
0: fine. <sighs> Let's talk it about was... alcoholism. That's a lot more interesting. <laughs> um, anything else
1: happened with you? Do yeah. you want to talk about Muppets? Oh, I, I saw my... my oh, real quick, we going to blow through my list of stuff this week. Yes, Bill's list. Oh my god. I like It's just
0: like... Real quick, 50 minutes in. <laughs> god bless... I'm going to take a minute. God bless all of y'all who listen to our podcast, as it has gotten increasingly longer each week.
1: Yeah. Well, it's because... Yeah. <laughs> It's not. always, that It's, it's gotta hit the threshold. It's because easy we, for us to can't talk have five about hour things. Oh God! Uh, uh, I just want to mention uh, briefly, I forgot to mention last week: John Neville died uh, uh, last week, uh, who played uh, Baron Munchausen mm-hmm. in Terry Gilliam's *The Adventures of Baron*. What Munchausen.
0: did he do other than that?
1: He was Laurie's uh, grandfather at *Little Women*. The <gasps> oh,
0: see, now I'm wrong. sad. Now I'm sad. He
1: was also in *The X Files*. Which fuck the X Files? <laughs> I only saw the movie. Really? Yeah. The first movie. Oh, Bill! He was in the first movie. The only thing I, I've only seen the movie. Uh, I did like the movie because David Duchovny pees on an Independence Day poster, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, oh, well, I Bill!
0: Think you never watched the X Files? No, I was watching the Simpsons. That's exactly like people of a certain age who have never watched the Muppets. It's like it doesn't matter that uh, you maybe weren't interested. It's uh, a cultural touchstone.
1: All are aliens. It's like people are like, "What's Harry Potter? Who's the red-headed lady?" Scully. She hot, that is. So hot. All I remember in the nineties, all the, that was the fall geek thing. Like, I want not fuck Scully. She hot. She red, and she talks like this. She's got like a little bit of a lisp. And I was like, Oh, she's funny. <laughs> I I wrote, for a long time,
0: A Project That Consumed Me started out as X-Files fan fiction because more than I liked X-Files, I did not actually enjoy X-Files, but I really liked the characters of Mulder and Scully, and I liked their dynamic, and I really appreciated at the time that it was not romantic.
1: I do like the fact that they almost kiss in the movie, and then she gets stung by a beautiful
0: Man, the audience, the audience in my theater all at once went... Oh, and one dude stood up and went, hell no! It was
1: great. I saw the movie, like, yeah, I had a similar experience with everybody. It was watching. great. Oh, well, you could, you could feel, like, the tension that was palpable in the air when, when you were about to kiss. I was like, I'm just ah! saying... And, like, me not being invested in these characters at all, I'm like... Do you remember my have shitty... They not, have they not fucked on the show yet? Like, what the hell's going on? Do you on? remember
0: my shitty Project RK? The kind of... Like, distracted me for a long time. It was, like, vaguely Victorian. It was my thing where I was combining oh, Greek good, mythology yeah. and Christian mythology. Oh, that started out as X-Files fan fiction about Mulder and Scully in um, a high school.
1: The thing where the girl was drafted into a brothel or something like that? <laughs>
0: awesome I have no a, idea what you're talking about
1: Christian, you're I a, no no no, no no. I had another I tried
0: prophet. I tried to write a romance novel about two saints meeting in heaven
1: that's what it was okay. that's different I still like that idea that's
0: guess. hard I couldn't figure that one out <laughs> anybody who can come up with that idea please go for it oh. a big part of it was that it was going to be a heaven it was kind of like an office space sort of thing <laughs> except all saints are usually represented with signs of their death yeah. so you'd have like dude sitting at the water cooler with like you know garotte marks around his neck
1: or shit. It's a little juice. It's thing.
0: really awkward when you go talk to your manager and he got gored by bulls or something. That was an aspect of it that was Man. stupid. But so, if anyone wants to write a romance novel about saints, go for it.
1: Uh, Hi, Annie. So you, wait, did you ever see The Adventures of Baron
0: Munchausen? I've saw it a couple of times.
1: Oh, blasphemy!
0: I'm allergic to Uma Thurman. She's only in the movie
1: for ten Doesn't seconds. matter. And for like she starts out naked. I can't talk about I can't
0: talk about Baron Munchausen because it'll hurt your feelings. I don't like
1: it. Oh, it is not a very good movie. But it is a great movie. The only
0: Terry Gilliam films I actually enjoy are um, Brazil. Brazil Are you serious? um, Brazil's a good
1: movie, but you don't enjoy Brazil.
0: No, I actually enjoy it. Brazil and what what are the other two? No, I don't like it. It's (laughs) got I know you're gonna where, you, where our relationship sunders, don't like, don't like that. I, I liked seven. Um, oh, I still haven't seen that. I only, I only want to see it for Heath Ledger. it will make me sad. And Tom Waits. That's the only reason why I want to go see it. That's the only reason why I want to go see it. And uh, no, what's the movie that he made? Seven, seven, 12 monkeys. Yeah, I like twelve monkeys. I thought that was his one of his. I thought it was coherent, which what I thought was most interesting. <laughs> I cracked me up that that, um, J.K. Rowling wanted Terry Gilliam to direct Harry Potter films. Yeah. Not a bad idea. It wouldn't look beautiful. I feel exactly like Terry Gilliam like I do about Tarsem, where they're beautiful filmmakers with marvelous visions who have trouble telling stories.
1: Those movies don't have stories, so it would have worked out perfectly.
0: That's why I like Brazil. Because I think Brazil actually has a solid story to it. <laughs> with weird red eyeballs <laughs> done with me. Brazil's a great Christmas movie, though.
1: We can watch that It takes place uh, at Christmas. You
0: does it? I that, forget about yeah, that. Technically, it's a Christmas movie. The same way Die Hard
1: a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, no, same Neville, way that
0: Little Women is a Christmas movie. Uh,
1: John Neville, uh, John Neville, I had no idea he had actually founded a big uh, Shakespeare uh, theater up in Canada. Mm. He, he spent the last like twenty or thirty years living in Canada, even though he was a big British actor. Yeah, he did a lot of uh, huh. uh, theatrical stuff. John Neville. Anyway, he did. I, I feel bad. I, I pour out the forty. Dead. I'm not
0: going to drink for you. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> Child's. Man, it's got it's got a big guy, a black guy who's carrying shit. It's got oh my god! No, we're
0: almost at the sixty-minute mark. What else do you have to say? Uh, Skyward Sword is boring and Balls. I'm so sorry. I'm bro. only
1: an hour into uh, Skyward Sword, and I think I'm about to finally leave the uh, the town. Man. I just got my bird, and I'm not quite sure. I, I don't want to totally pass judgment on Skyward Sword, uh, but uh, especially coming off the heels of Skyrim, uh, yeah. Skyward Sword does not.
0: Well, they're very, 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 very different games, but it's hard not to judge one up. It cracks me up
1: too. Because Skyward Sword literally starts with the JRPG stereotype of you're being woken up in bed. Oh, like, really? Got a ceremony thing. Oh, that happens. In, that's the start of so many uh, Japanese role yeah. game playing games. Yeah. That's what happens. And that, that, that thats It's not point bad. Point. It's just. But you it's know. just like with Skyrim, like you know, sure you, you spend the first half hour in a cave, and once you're outside of the cave, you get to do whatever you want. But then you can and do whatever you want. The First, cave, first, game, first half around. hour is kind of like you're just yeah. You can go anywhere. I Star- bet you
0: that it's exactly like the last Final Fantasy game where you just have to slog through this and then the real game That's starts. That's what I'm
1: like, I've heard people say if you pass the first six to ten. I've heard some people say the first ten hours.
0: That's what was yeah. Final Fantasy... Whatever it was.
1: Like it was. Fucking t- That's as long as some games are.
0: I hope that it's not... Every time I talk to people who are not gamers, which are most of the my coworkers, yeah. who very tolerantly listen to me, whenever I say shit, like, this game took me 60 hours.
1: They just don't know what the hell you're
0: talking No, about. they get... No, it's not just that that. They, like, get like they actually look like scared for me. Yeah. And I just look at them and I say how much TV do you watch a week? I don't mm. watch TV, I play video games. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's I, fun. I,
1: this game took me 2 weeks of your television. Finally. Yeah. Um,
0: there's some games that I'm unhealthy about like uh, Final Fantasy what was it 12? Yeah,
1: you played over 100 hours of that.
0: And I think 2 weeks. Yeah. I think I made yeah.
1: the fact that you were me that so quickly. I yeah, it was, it was like, a slightly addictive personality. Well, That's
0: what we're learning today. <laughs> no, also it was a, it was a really shitty job. I did call in quote unquote sick to that job to play that video Whatever. game. Yeah, no. Dylan I was, was really... I was impressed by I was really... So
1: yeah, anyway, Skyward Sword, uh, it's also doing that uh, Nintendo thing where Nintendo assumes that not only have you never played a uh, Zelda game before, but they've never played a video game before. Oh, where it's like, man. Here's, here's well, we, here's auto-jump and here's... here's to like, be the, fair, that is sword, literally
0: and... their demographic. I know. But they've just... lost the core and they know that.
1: Spoiler the game, everyone says, a lot of people have said this is actually the best uh, Zelda game in a while. But, but you story. have to earn it. And, Bill... And like I said, just coming off the screen, Charm, Here's it's
0: the thing, Bill. Oof. You asked Miyamoto to shake the disc to see how many more beers are in it, and you're seven beers in, and it's not worth it anymore. Man. But you just got to push through, and you'll get that trucker cap.
1: Uh, <laughs> I hope have been talking to my spider plant the whole time. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have more to say about that next week, I'm sure. Uh, uh, this week, uh, I had a lot of work to do. Uh, I draw for a living, and so I tend to spend a lot of time in my office just drawing, so I have to entertain myself with either podcasts or music or audiobooks, Or watching movies and TV shows. Uh, so I moved the PlayStation 3 into my office so I could start watching all the Blu-rays I've collected. Uh, which meant, uh, uh, I had such a work crunch this week, I watched all six Star Wars movies and the first six Star Trek movies Uh, in about four days.
0: You are a masochist. I was also
1: just listening to the commentaries. I wasn't even actually watching movies. Okay, good. Dear God. Uh...
0: Are they good commentaries? Or are they commentaries like, oh, I forgot about this no, plot, I watched Wars this? Was,
1: it's interesting because they have new Star Trek commentaries, or for the Star Wars uh, movies, it's for those commentaries for the Star Wars movies, it's uh, George Lucas cut with all the actors and stuff like that. That's really interesting because you find out, A, how clueless George Lucas is, because he's just, like, talking about just the technical, like, oh, I spent so much time just, you know, these are robots and laser swords, and just, it just sounds so disinterested, uh, you get to hear how disinterested the actors are and everything. Where there's like, I don't know, I just spent a day on the blue screens set. I don't. Is everyone just sounds completely disconnected and bored? Uh, it's it, it's educational. It's interesting to hear just from. It's a real peering into the production process of those movies where everyone just sounds just. Ugh. Uh, Star Trek. Though on the other hand, not only did I come to realization at that as a whole, the Star Trek movies are better than the Star Wars movies. Which was a weird realization to have. (laughs) Star Trek IV is the shit. I just happened to watch Star Trek IV on the 30th anniversary, uh, 25th anniversary of the day it was released. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Also, I was watching that too because uh, this weekend is my birthday. Uh, In 1986, uh, I went out to go see Star Trek IV on my birthday. Day. So I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it this week. But yeah, no, the commentaries are great. Uh, the commentaries for the Star Trek Blu-rays are interesting because each movie has a commentary by its director. Yeah. But then it has commentary by people who had nothing to do with the film. Oh, yeah. And so uh, the commentary for Star Trek Three had the guy, uh, Ronald D. E. Moore, who produced a Battlestar Galactica, Yeah. And he actually wrote for Star Trek, but not right. he had nothing to do with Star Trek Three. but he was yeah. just kind of talking about how you missed personally.
0: your chance, Bill. You could have been in a commentary. What the alarm. people off the streets? <laughs> if, they, if
1: they put out Blu-rays of, of the next generation of films, I like could just say, like, hey man, I did have nothing to do with Star Trek Insurrection. I won't be on the commentary for that. So anyway, I did that. Uh, the only other thing that happened this week was yeah, Thanksgiving. That was fun. And Black Friday. Black Friday was I got Batman and Force of Four for uh, $55. I work retail
0: on Black Friday, man. Don't talk to me about Black Friday. Man,
1: my, my ritual is like, as soon as Thanksgiving night is over, I go to the computer at midnight and see what the hell uh, sales Amazon.com has. Which is horrifying, because usually used to be Amazon would have its Black Friday sales on Friday. That was it. Now they turn it into two weeks of Black Friday sales. Yeah, it's weird. Well, last week was all the week of Black Friday sales. Now this, yeah. this week is the week of Cyber Monday. Monday sales. Yeah, It's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, yeah. No, I did get that. And uh got uh, Princess Friday for $5.
0: Bill cell is ring, that's the part where we stopped recording. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about the Muppets. Yeah! oh uh, we are we not cutting? We're not
1: gonna have a break. That was
0: our break. I went to the bathroom. What else do you want from me?
1: But we have to have break music! <laughs> we'll have break movements there. Okay. Hey, guess what? There was our break music. Whatever any chooses we be favorite. Okay, anyway, what about Muppets?
0: You want to talk about the Muppets. Here's the thing. I did Wait, not do any research for this. Uh, Less than I did for Snow White. At least yeah, for Snow White, we watched Snow we White. We
1: had to actually see the Muppet movie. And he's like, man, that guy, Jason Segel, his face is fucked up. I want to see that guy, his face on a 40-inch. I don't
0: feel like going to see a movie in a theater right now.
1: Yeah. Being in the dark
0: with a fat man. That's, <laughs> that's not just that. I just I genuinely like, I just like the, though the a Muppet movie would be very good for me right now. I do not feel like watching the Muppet movie. You could have just torned it. <laughs> no, no, bad.
1: I mean, we should have. We could have just. Got I want the, the Muppets to
0: have a, uh, a renaissance. I want a Muppet renaissance nah, very badly. Bad. That's what we're going to talk about now. Let's talk about the Muppets. So, yeah, so we about Muppets? we are of the generation where Muppets are part of who we are. Yeah. I was talking about this with our dear friend Brenna who has also has a very strong resonant frequency with the Muppets. In fact, I wish we could have her on here today. Um, Brenna, a couple of years ago, um, there's a thing you can do with and, um where you can order your own custom Muppet. Bill has done this, but Brenna did this first, um, I want to say like two years ago. Yeah. Um, and when she got her Muppet, it was really interesting. And one thing we talked about a lot was how weirdly emotional that was. How it the, your first instinct, when you are of a certain sort of person who was raised with a Muppet, and have a certain sort of connection with them. When you see one in presence, it's w- present, it's r- really moving. It is. Wow. Like I almost cried first time and not necessarily well, sadness that, or anything like
1: you are getting a real muppet. yeah
0: well she it's was telling good. me that like it's actually like the people who make it's not just like Joe Schmo assembly worker it's actually people who are trained to make the muppets and yeah. they're using like the muppet stuff it is a muppet it is a puppet yeah
1: you've got the rod in the hand and the yeah and everything it's the real thing. deal it's, it's got the boa feather boa hair and in
0: pretty much like every it. way it's the real deal yeah and how it's we, it is totally emotional like Bill very kindly for my birthday got me a gift certificate and I knew I could not do it because it would be too weird to have that in my home and have it just be there lifeless because that's not what they are they beg to be filled with life at least for me because it's the muppets are very interesting because of sesame street When you're a child, you have Sesame Street, and they're a safe place, and they're a place of hope and friendship and kindness and growth, and then once you outgrow Sesame Street, then there's the Muppets waiting for you. I know,
1: it's right. Muppets, you can move from one thing to another. Directly, yeah. yeah.
0: And the thing about the Muppets is that it's never something you outgrow. No one outgrows the Muppets. Like my mom was so ecstatic when the Muppet, she heard about the Muppet movie going out. In fact, I need to ask her what she thought about it because she, like the Muppet, we'd always watch the Muppet movies all the time when I was a kid. I watched every Muppet TV show. We had um, all the, like a lot of the Muppet show on cassette tape. Mm -hmm. I watched Muppets tonight.
1: I had... i heard about that, yeah.
0: Oh, not much of it,
1: we were only on air for about three and a half months.
0: I yeah. had the, um, uh, I, my sister and I briefly collected the Topps Muppet trading cards. I think I still have them
1: oh. somewhere. Well, was it just photos of the Muppets, or...? St-
0: well, it's, like, the thing that Topps does, where it's, like, you have all the cards, and then you can get a picture, and yeah. there's trivia on the yeah, back, and all this stuff. Anymore, like, that's Oh, they thing. still do. You just don't do it anymore. Oh. <laughs> Like a friend of mine, John Morris, he the way he picks up, and a lot of artists, if you pay attention, they pick up Skrilla by drawing like Star Wars artist cards. Yeah. Which, by the way, you need to get on that train. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But no, they pick up <laughs> you don't want Skrilla Star by Star Wars
1: artist cards. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want
0: that. It's all blowjob, blow <laughs> blowjob. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Your joke. Gonna be, he's giving I'm now. gonna give that joke to he you, like like Bill. Rancor. It's a present. Bill.
1: Yo, turn it turns
0: into a raincore. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway, let's talk about how emotional the Muppets are. No, the Muppets are oh interesting because I as much be as they're, they're, ah, they're as much as much as it's kind of hokey and cheesy and somehow an artifact of an earlier time, yeah. it just resonates. But I think you have to be of a certain generation because I was talking to someone who well, never. The muppets,
2: yeah, go
0: ahead. Well, I, I'm 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 really monopolizing this podcast. No, that's fine. But it's um, it's like there, there are people who just did not grow up with the Muppets, and they'll see the Muppets they're like, oh, that's cute.
1: Oh, well, the, there hasn't been anything Muppet related for a long the time, last decade, and even yeah. the, even throughout the '90s, there wasn't that much. There was yeah. a of TV special Muppet like Muppets in Space, but like yeah. it was really kind of like Muppets, just kind of like like on the last. Well, line.
0: the great. Well,
1: after Jim Henson died, the yeah. Muppets kind of lost their creative scene. See, Muppets I got sold to Disney. They kind of went into limbo. I
0: would fight. To my dying breath, that Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island are really great Muppet films. When did they produce? Um, after, are, after, are, oh, they staff, were. Oh, okay. I think, I, I think I, they, I, were. they must have been projects that were gestating well, while he was still alive.
1: That was the last. Exactly. That, that seems like that was the last push of the last remnant of what Jim Henson's energy brought to the Muppets and the Muppet Company. Yeah. Because then, then after that, yeah, it seems like they really, really lost their footing
0: because yeah, those those two films are really good films but everything after that was just kind of a up and sad sad to watch. And um, I talked about it a little bit last week how I, I, I have trouble with the Muppet film just because um I you know it's it's the new Yeah, I worry, you know. Yeah. When did he- when did Jim die? Um uh, May 16th,
1: 1990.
0: Yeah, um Treasure Island, Muppet Treasure Island came out in 1996. I <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol's
1: 1992. Okay. Um Yeah, my first uh, my first uh, movie going experience was not the Muppet movie, it was Star Wars and Mary Poppins. But the first one I remember was going to see the original Muppet movie mm-hmm. back in the day with my grandmother. Yeah. And I must have been, I don't, I can't remember when the original Muppet movie came out, but I couldn't have been more than like three or four. But I also remember coming, like, whatever food, fast food franchise had Muppet glasses out at the same time. This is yeah. back in the early 80s when fran- uh, yeah. fast food franchises had like glasses yeah. that you could buy at the restaurant. So I remember having my Muppet glasses and I think that was the coolest thing and that's the only thing I would drink out of for like two years after I saw the Muppet movie. And of course then we yeah, had Sesame Street and stuff too but like yeah, man, the Muppets.
0: Yeah, the Muppets. The Muppets. You know, it's like there, there's there's a generation of people were like you and me, the Muppets, and i like I said, my mom totally connected with the Muppets. Yeah. The Muppets are very easy to connect the with.
2: Been around for, long t- around for a more, long time. Been around for a long time. Since
0: the 50s. Yeah, and it's like there are these people where the Muppets are totally a safe place, yeah. and like a place of warmth and happiness and hope. And but the, the thing that I always like about the Muppets is that they weren't, they weren't, um, they didn't blow off sadness or or despair, no, trouble. Man, the Rainbow
1: Connection is a fucked up song. Yeah. Like, where he's like, it's, 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 it's
0: not sentimental, it's, it's... I mean, you could argue that it's not about, it's not part of Muppet canon, maybe, but like, like, the Big Bird movie? I don't remember. There's a whole. Par- I mean, he he gets he basically is lost. It's about being lost in your life
1: and finding your way. Is that find your bird? Find that bird. Is it
0: follow that bird? Or something like that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, granted, I don't think I've seen it since I was a child. But the only part of that movie that I re- remember is when he's like in like he's singing in a club and he's blue, and he's swinging in a swing and he's just so sad and lost. Aww. And that felt so real. That was such a real emotion, and it. It yeah, was. It's, it's
1: not necessarily. It's it's not pathos, but it's. Jim Henson did not back away from. He knows like that the there's whole hurt. range of human emotions. Exactly. It wasn't just whole happy fun time. But
0: what I really appreciate about the Muppets, and this is there in Sesame Street too, where it's like there can be sadness, there can be despair, but there should always be hope. Yeah. And you should always try to make things better. And that's a wonderful thing to have, children. You know, to tell children and to it's tell really adults. A showcasing of the human condition yeah i mean for all that it's like you know weird gonzo jokes in lou zealand and his exploding fish yeah. that there's this well, real yeah, yeah. It, it,
1: it oscillates back and forth really quickly
0: and but... because they are puppets it allows there to be a humanity that totally counters all of this like all of this um uh zaniness and everything like that and it, you gotta respect jim henson and i think that's one of the, i think that is jim that's yeah. jim henson and i think that's one of the things that why they've struggled
1: well, also, uh, by, the, well, by the time that Jim Henson died, uh, enough of the performance role, performers and stuff were old enough that I think they were kind of like hitting that threshold yeah. of kind of like retirement and stuff like that. I think everybody in the new Muppet movie, I think it may be an entirely new cast. It's uh, I think Well, it's, I just well, looked it up, sorry, and it
0: God. is, no, it is. That's what it says on IMDb. What? I was just looking at it on IMDb. Does it have uh Maybe, it says Muppets, the Mupp- Muppets 2011. What else could it be? That's weird. But who is My Because
1: Frank Oz was very public with saying that like Oh not Frank,
0: Frank Oz, I'm sorry, not Frank Oz. But, like, um, uh up. Dave Goals. Uh, Dave Golds, yeah,
1: he he does uh, uh Scott
0: Dave Gold's Eric Jacobson is Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear. Yeah, Dave
1: Golds, he does uh if I uh he does Gonzo with.
0: Yeah, he does. Gonzo, Honeydew, Zoot, Beauregard,
1: Waldorf, and Kermit. Okay, mm-hmm. he must be one of the last hangers on it, because he, he's yeah. gotta be as old as my dad. He yeah. He must be, he must be from, like, the
0: 40s. I gotta go see the Muppet movie, because it has Rashida Jones in it, she cute. Oh, she's in it?
1: Oh. But well, yeah, no, like, you know, like, look at the Rainbow Connections, A uh, Rainbow Connection lyrics. It's like, just talking about how rainbows are, are just only illusions and shit like that. I like how, yeah, I don't know. Muppets are dark. They scare the shit <laughs> but out. it's
0: like they, there could be that truth because it's just the 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 purity of their expression yeah. and like the realness of the acting that's put into them and the care that's crafted in them. I mean, I'm sounding very schmoopy, but that's there in the Muppets, and that's that's Jim Henson's legacy is that he made these 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 characters who could say very difficult things. And sometimes, I mean, yes, there is also, like, all the stuff that's been so successful in recent years, like the YouTube shorts, where it's, like, which there's always
1: strange. been... Even if this movie is terrible, which I'm sure it's not, yeah. like, the fact that you have YouTube shorts where the Muppets are slowly creeping back into society, yeah. even as through, like, little YouTube... Actually, yeah. if anything, YouTube videos are a perfect venue for the Muppets, because, yeah. like... The Muppet show was nothing but like little 3 or 4 minute vignettes kind of exactly. tied together and stuff. Yeah. That's you know they're essentially just taking those vignettes and kind of like just turning them into little uh Muppet uh, yeah. YouTube episodes. Yeah. Which totally works. Yeah. And yeah.
0: it movie. makes sense. And that's a, viral. Episode. Yeah. There's a place for the Muppets everywhere. Oh, man. That's all it is. It just makes me I love the Muppets. I'm happy that they're in the world.
1: Yeah. So uh just to give a little context, I just have a little uh written, written down history about the Muppets. Uh man, there's also a great book about uh no, it's, it's the creation of Sesame Street. Oh, God, I can't remember the name, but there was a great book about the uh, Jim Henson and the Chris and the history of Sesame Street. I can't remember the name of it.
0: Oh, man, just real quick. One thing, on Thanksgiving, I did watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. They had a Sesame Street float. And I realized that all the people, the humans in it, yeah. are still on that show. Like, it's the same people. And There's seeing them... Formula. It just almost made me cry. It was, so, it was like seeing old friends. It was wonderful. Oh, anyway, man. that's my, that's my HWP. I feel very did emotional have, like, about the Muppets. Um, I did not make it to the balloons. No. I barely made it through the musical numbers.
1: Tweeting like that about
0: creation. The, the Spider Man really was like awful, but was the bet My favorite was the Priscilla Queen of the Desert, where because it's set in Australia, the all the dancers, there were um, uh, koala dancers, and you knew they were koalas because they had eucalyptus draped around them like a boa. Oh, my nice. favorite quote of the day was my wife saying, um, I think that man is an emu in a bustier. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's why I stopped watching
1: the uh, I think it's called Street Gang, the book. Uh, oh, yes. That's all about uh, yeah. the creation of Sesame Street. But anyway, um, so, uh, Jim Henson started out, uh, he was asked to create a bunch of puppets for a, uh, for a, uh, local kid's show when he was in college. Uh, I guess he only got into puppet making because there was something about, like, uh, he was gonna go into graphic design or something like Mm -hmm. that, and there was, that, that, that class got all filled up, and somehow he just got turned into, like, Somebody recommended, oh, well, there's, like, a puppetry-making thing over here. That's kind really? of random. You just kind of fell into it. And he huh. was like, oh, man, I'm actually I of like making puppets. This is actually a fun thing. And he was actually adept at that enough that, uh, yeah, he got asked by a local uh, in, I think this is in Maryland, right outside of Washington, D.C. This is just what I remember, that he got asked, hey, can you start making puppets and maybe do some puppeteering for this little kid show? And that's how we mm-hmm. started doing that. And that led to uh, him eventually creating a show called Salmon Friends, yeah. which is where the first... Kind uh, of proto Kermit developed, where he just kind of created like, uh, just uh, it's it's essentially Kermit with the, without the like the triangular fringe around the neck. Mm-hmm. But it just I think that may have been Sam, and it's just him and a bunch of people, other Muppets like running around. But this is in the late fifties, mm-hmm. all black and white television uh, in Washington D.C. And uh, that turned into uh, what was it? Uh, he spent yeah yeah. Well, that's w- what happened. That became successful enough that he started doing commercials in the Washington D.C. area. Mm-hmm. And that turned into him doing commercials for nationwide campaigns for different companies like Wilkins Coffee and La Choy and stuff like that. And so for most of the 60s, he was just doing commercials. And uh, there's a great... there's He did a great La Choy commercial where it's him, it's Jim Henson in a big dragon suit actually breathing real fire out of his mouth. because He's talking about La Choy, uh, Chinese food is dragon roasted. And like, so he's just in the grocery store like breathing fire out of his mouth and his tail's knocking stuff over it. It's just like... It's, it's, it's funny because it's not quite The Muppets, but it's right before The Muppets became The Muppets. Yeah. And I think from uh, there, um, oh, uh, the commercials were successful enough. He got asked to uh, start putting The Muppets on Saturday Night Live. The first season of Saturday Night Live features The Muppets. No one mm-hmm. ever remembers this because it was not really well. Ex- that The the Muppets stuff did not mesh that well with yeah. Saturday Night Live mentality. Yeah. And so they left after a season, but...
0: Well, that explains the Muppet Show. Exactly, because someone in the
1: UK, That's interesting. was like, what is it, ITV or whatever, uh, the, the channel in, in, in England that is not the BBC, was like, hey, well, you don't want to be on the uh, Saturday Night Live show, why don't you do a little Saturday Night Live show, which is just the Muppets, and that turned into the Muppet Show, and the Muppet Show no popular, huh. and that turned into the Muppet movies, and that pretty much turned into the whole empire part that we know today. Hmm. But it's funny, that just started off with some kid like wandering into a puppet-maiden class in, huh. in college going, oh, I'm kind of good at this Muppet thing, or this yeah. puppet thing. Fucking
0: Muppets. The Muppets. See, I get so emotional about the Muppets. I can't talk about the Muppets too much. Muppets are great. It's
1: interesting, too, because I guess it was in the 60s when he was doing the commercials, he first met uh, Jerry Jewell and Frank Oz. Mm -hmm. Jerry Jewell, Frank Oz, and Jim Henson, they were really the trio that were the heart of the Muppets. Uh, You know, you have Jim Henson, who's the head guy, you have Frank Oz, who is pretty much the other performer. And uh, Jerry Joel was the head writer. He wrote most of the stuff for the Muppet Show. He wrote uh, all the Muppet movies when Jim Henson was alive. He was the guy who created Frog Rock and stuff mm. like that. So, uh, so when it came down, came down to actually writing scripts, he was the head guy. Even J- Jim Henson came up with all the basic ideas and stuff, but he and Jerry Joel uh, creatively just like nuts and bolts all the other ones who kind of uh, came up with everything. Jerry Joel just died about five years ago, so the only one left now is Frank Oz, which kind of bums me mm. out. And that kind of makes me actually bummed that he's not involved in the Muppet movie. Yeah. But
0: well, there's. I mean, if the Muppets are going to survive, there has to be fresh blood.
1: Yeah, I know. That's. Uh, that, I hope that's there. I, it's. 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 It's fine if. Uh, who's the guy who just made the new Muppet movie? Jason Segel. Jason Siegel. I hope. He's. I hope there's enough fresh blood at the uh, Muppet Workshop. The Muppet See, studio, this was this was when I more movies. It's not just Jason Segel, but
0: this is why I wish that Brenda was able to come yeah. today because I talked to her a little bit about this this morning before I came and recorded. And one thing that she pointed out that the big tragedy of, um, Jim Henson's life is that he didn't have time to set up anything that would protect his legacy. Yeah, se. exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, That's Disney... Only, like
1: five years after he died, it all just got sold to Disney. Yeah. But before.
0: I mean, even as simple as Disney very early on realized he needed something like CalArts yeah. and got that involved. But there's, like, he never was able to start any sort of education programs yeah. or anything to he bring his... people...
1: Yeah, he had a son... And you know, had his has you know, obviously he had the family interest in protecting the company, but yeah, yeah he didn't have like it, like yeah, he did not have that infrastructure within the company to make sure yeah. something would be there to outlive him. Like you, you know, like know?
0: apprenticeship programs and education programs to bring in the next generation. I am actually kind of
1: surprised the Muppet Studio even actually exists today. Yeah. Because what did they do for the last decade? I'm sure like they went off and they, they, like Muppet Studio is not just the Muppets. The Muppet Studio, you know, they they went off and did they've done everything from the Dark Crystal to Dog City. To, you know, fucking... Well, they didn't do Muppet babies, but, you know, they're involved, like... It, it's, it, they're branched out from just that stuff. But. Here's
0: where, Hello, Cat. You want to be involved? Do you also feel strongly about love the Muppets? I everything!
1: I guess, well, Sesame Street, though. I mean, they're always working on Sesame Street. Yeah. It's not like there hasn't been anything for the Muppets to do, but...
0: Man... I'm ready for that renaissance, that kind of like a, a like a cultural t- touchstone that is based on purity and honesty, and just joking around and being yeah. goofy. Well, what the, else has there just been?
1: Technologically, everyone's so t- tired of CGI, three D bullshit. Yeah. Well, other well, bullshit. I think yeah. everyone's ready for just to dude with the hand pose. Exactly.
0: See, that's the thing. It's like I was talking a little bit, and it was like uh, earlier today, and I was like, the thing that I think is interesting about the Muppets, and the thing that I think is the, it's there in puppeteering, of the Muppets in particular, is that. I've always loved animation. But there's always a risk in animation, be it CGI or hand drawn or like whatever, or like even stop motion animation, where it takes so much effort and so much labor and so many hands have to be involved in that well it's hard to have that spontaneity and it's it you have to have a lot of skill not to lose the human touch and not to and have humanity shine through and that's why walt disney was so amazing and that's why miyazaki is so amazing
1: exactly and
0: those people who can find people find animators and storytellers and everything who can have that and not be lost because if you watch shitty tv animation from like you know Like that's what's missing. That's the difference. And with something as straightforward as puppeteering, it's not that there's like, there's still craft there, but there's such an immediate connection because it's basically a human being is talking to you through the puppet. And it's such a direct sort of interaction that it, everything else kind of drops away and it's a lot more pure in a weird way, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think people struggle with it because, because of that, it's so, such a transparently simple thing that there's like an artifice to it and it's, it's apparent. And that's why I think things that are not the puppets are not the Muppets. Puppetry that is not the Muppets doesn't do super well and a lot of times because it's... You, well, like, so
1: shit like Labyrinth and the Dark Crystal works much well, more... Well, yeah, like, Dark, Crystal, Dark Crystal doesn't
0: work for me because it's all about the craft and not the humanity. Yeah. And I can respect that. And to some lesser degree labyrinth is like that to me because like my favorite parts of labyrinth um and beyond the fact i actually really like labyrinth and i think it's a good story and everything well yeah we're
1: talking about from a muppet point of view from
0: but yeah like the the, my favorite muppets there are um ludo um because it's such a simple and straightforward character with such pure emotions Mm -hmm. it's very much so transmitted and ser Cause he's just this cheery figure of weird optimism in I, this I, land I of weirdness. This
1: is like the mid nineties. <laughs> just, just oh my god, I forgot about that character. I love this. He's
0: the dog of the dog. He right? is the most. Mu- but, like, puppet of all the characters like, like, in Labyrinth.
1: Everybody about like, Labyrinth, they're always like, David Bowie. David, David
0: Bowie is amazing. David Bowie is the best Muppet
1: in <laughs> Labyrinth. <laughs> He's the best special effect in that. He season. is. But, um, but yeah, it's,
0: it, the, 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 the Muppets are the best when they are conveying very simple emotions purely.
1: Uh, although your whole, uh, little, uh, thing here is pulling because the best Muppet thing ever is Muppet Babies. <laughs> Not that animated, that's tele- a- television animation, best Muppet thing ever, uh, created. <laughs> Doesn't even involve Jim Henson. I don't think anyone actually, from the Muppets are actually involved uh, in the Muppet Babies because I'm sure it's all, like, you know, normal cartoon production and yeah. voice actors. But, hey, Muppet Babies! <laughs> I was watching a clip from Muppet Babies today and for some reason they're being attacked by the Ghostbusters for no reason.
0: Well, Bill, you know here's oh the thing: God. when your world is kind of weird, yeah. and you <laughs> wish that you weren't there, just close your eyes and make I
1: believe, believe you. and you can be anywhere.
0: Oh that's yeah. the sure, truth of Muppet sure. Babies. Sure. Star oh. Wars here.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> that we won't be able to for D-boy.
0: This week, if I could become a Tie Fighter, I would have. So, <laughs> God, that's the wonder of Muppet Babies. Oh, man. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, Jim Henson died on May 16th, 1990. I died. remember when he died because I remember TBS, I think, That's some cable channel. Everybody's. I remember they had, I don't know if it was all, in my memory, it was huge because I was only six, I guess, at the time. Yeah. But I remember on some TV channel, they had a moment of silence and I don't remember if, I vaguely remember it being hours where the screen was just black and it was him in silhouette and it just said Jim Henson and the years below it and I remember my mom that was one of the first this is gonna sound silly that was one of my first conscious moments of loss yeah and I didn't even, I knew who Jim Henson was, but I knew nothing about the man, but I knew what that meant. And my mom was so sad and so lost. And I, and you know, and that's the sort, when you lose something that's totally beyond yourself, like that's a weirdly different kind of grieving process than you yeah. have to do with like when someone you know dies or something like that. And, it, and my mom struggled with it a little bit. And it was, and I remember that affected me so deeply. And I'm like, oh man, Jim Henson's gone. Mm. And that meant like, that was huge.
1: I remember, um, uh back then like uh, I would, this is still a, when I was needed in the fantasy that I'd become a super crazy filmmaker like Steven Spielberg or something like that or at least go to Hollywood and become a special effects guy and I would assume that would be a career path that would lead to like meeting like one day even if it's in, the, in a restaurant or somewhere yeah. or in a back alley or something like that like meeting Jim Henson <laughs>
0: having a street fight with Jim Henson stabbing him to death <laughs>
1: and eating his <laughs> right hand and stealing his powers All Highlander oh. <laughs> I, I must have been uh, 15 when he died, and I just realized, like, holy shit, like, I'm never gonna be Jen Henson. It wasn't just, like, that kind of greedy thing, but, like, he's yeah. no longer in the world, like, he's gone, that's it. Yeah. Like, holy shit. And that was Jim Henson, and he was only, he was pretty young, I think. He was probably, super young. Like, he must have been maybe, yeah, I mean, he may not even have been 50 yet.
0: I'll internet he that.
1: Out, and, and, like, especially that he died of a fucking weird, he just had some kind of random infection that he never got checked up on that, like, like created abscesses in his, in his lungs. It's just. Oh, my God. He he was on the Arsenio Hall show two weeks before he died.
0: He was 53 years old. Yeah,
1: 53. Jesus. And uh, I guess in the Arsenio Hall Bul- Bul- show, he was like, you know, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I'll still do the show. But he was already sick with what was going to kill him less than two mm. weeks later. And it was just like some kind of random infection. It's not like he got like, you know, flesh-eating bacteria or anything like that, but... He just didn't want to be bothered. Anyone? He didn't want to go to the doctor and check up on it, like mm-hmm. some other people I know. Didn't even know Dude, don't even start that, Bill. I Lundrum. know <laughs> some other people I know named Bill. Hey, hey, Mister Pot. <laughs> I know, uh, but yeah. And then boom, dead. Like he didn't even get admitted to the hospital. Like when he finally got sick enough, his wife was like, "No, oh, we got to take you to the hospital." He was dead less than like, like just like twenty hours later. And it's just like. Holy shit, and like he 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 like he was supposed to go on a Muppet recording session that day, and he had to skip out, and he was dead like by the end of that weekend.
0: Friends, this is the downer note at the end of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, this is Moral story:
1: <laughs> Go see a doctor. <laughs> don't go. Don't, listen this, to I'm your loved guy, ones. Go, go see a doctor. You no don't want to end up like Jim Henson and lead a bunch of weird sounding Muppets. <laughs> God, and well, yeah. So I guess, man. Jim Henson I, part of me I, I, it's hard for me to get uh, invested in the Muppets even the new movie like that's why I've not gone out to see it because I'm like you know it's the Muppets a name only and I hope that they're successful but Jim Henson is that Jim Henson it's kind of very
0: hard. rarely when anyone picks up the legacy after anyone is it any good
1: if I I'm curious to see because someone at, at the Henson company has to pick up the mantle of Jim Henson someone yeah. has to be the creative director that's not fucking yeah. Jason fucking Siegel is that his name yes fucking Hatchet.
0: but I'm just saying you can't
1: He made this happen through sheer force of will. I look at his face and he always looks like such a panicked loser. (laughs) Like, <laughs> did you know did, uh, did like you
0: did you five. did you hear the anecdote where his his they did all these screenings with all these kids oh no and and his manager sent his agent sent him one of the notes and <laughs> framed <laughs> yes. where the, oh, the extent of the note was did you like the movie yes you know did, what he you like but i liked it like really vague and the only, what did he like about the movie all it said was um the jason seagull's character his face <laughs> So, you're not oh, alone, why? Bill. Yeah, no,
1: the kids has got smart.
0: It's a, but however, if you're gonna have, I mean, like when I heard Amy Adams's cast, I was like, of course Amy Adams is in a Muppet movie. That seems right. Which one's Amy Adams? A- Amy Adams. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep talking. They seem like people who should be in a Muppet movie. That's all it boils down to. And I will go see it eventually, but not right now. It's too soon. Jim Henson only died 22 so, years ago.
1: It's, yeah, too soon. <laughs> Too soon cast, uh, um, uh, but yeah, uh, our friend Brenda, who is the Muppet expert, man, we should have had her on the show. We should have waited a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, us Let's Have a Muppet show
0: where we didn't watch the Muppet movie, God, we didn't yeah. watch any Muppet shows, and we can't have our friend who's uh, the Muppet nerd. But Brenda
1: did point out if you just Google Jim Red Book, Jim's Red Book on Google, you will find uh, there's a site uh, dedicated to uh, Jim Henson's Red Book. Which is a journal that he kept for almost thirty years, from like yeah. what the the fifties to nineteen eighty eight.
0: The way she explained it to me is that it starts with him just writing kind of his own. He, he started it with like what he called ancient history, yeah, where it's like stuff that happened in his past, and then the rest of a it whole
1: life up to whenever he started the journal, like nineteen sixty three yeah. or something. And like then, that. then the rest of it, it is just like five, I think it is. Okay, yeah,
0: and the rest of it is just like little one or two line notes about his day. Just, like, smallest things. Like, she was telling me the one that was most heartbreaking that they did on his birthday. It was not really heartbreaking, but again, a lot of emotions around the Muppets. Um, It was um, Flew Back from London, Turned 40 on the Plane and she was like it just you know and apparently he's got it's not just like these little brief one notes because he's got a real obviously got a really good um, passionate archivist yeah. and they'll often have articles and drawings and stuff from explaining the context not always
1: it. but some, on some of the notes
0: it's yeah. one of those projects that even though I've not really looked at it yet I'm so
1: grateful it exists because that's cool blonde, yeah.
0: that is a cool thing to exist
1: there's hundreds of entries you know because it was over the course of like 20 25 years I mean, that five is years. like
0: some of the best stuff that the internet could do right there so that's a cool thing.
1: Yeah. And so, um, yeah, just like, oh yeah, uh, you know, morning of, you know, August 15th, 19, 1985, uh, filmed the Muppet baby sequence on Muppets Take Manhattan. Had lunch with Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank Oz shocked to talk shit about Yoda. blah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, How okay,
0: Bill? This is where we can Yoda. bring back your nerdery. How did How did Jim Henson get involved with the Star Wars films? Uh, Jim Henson was
1: not involved. With
0: Star Wars. Oh, was he not? Oh, yeah. I don't know. You think Jim Henson
1: puppeteer Yoda. What's wrong? No, no, you? no, I didn't.
0: Ah, <laughs> no, I didn't. I knew it was Frank Oz. I mean, it was the Muppet Studio involved,
1: right? Or was it not Actually, at all? No, no. What, what, how did Frank Oz get involved? is not a Muppet. What happened was, uh, well, he George, doesn't look like a Muppet. Yeah, yeah George Lucas, uh, and it's a different kind that, of puppeteering. Yeah, he decided that he needed to replace. Character for Obi Wan Ken- uh, Kenobi in the Star Wars sequel, and instead of just create, get hire another old guy to play another Obi Wan Kenobi type character. He's like, well, I should you know bug expectations and have this little two foot frog guy because the whole thing will be like, oh, you wouldn't expect a Jedi Master, this mm-hmm. super warrior, to be this little weird frog muppety guy. And he realized if he's gonna have a little like two foot tall character, it's going actually essentially be have to be a hand puppet. Yeah. And uh, but he wanted to be a realistic uh, puppet, and so he was worried about who he can get to either build this Muppet or perform it, but mm-hmm. then uh, he realized, he, he'd known Jim Henson just from being in Hollywood and stuff sure. like that. He actually approached him. He had met like, him in a street fight in an alley. Yeah, exactly, and <laughs> tried to eat his eye. But he, he, he just realized that even though what he wasn't looking for wasn't a Muppet, but that, like, if anyone's going to pull off a character like this, where it's going to be a hand puppet, like, you know, and this character was going to be a backbone of the film, but, like, this character doesn't have to carry, like, whole ten-minute scenes just of exposition that he was going to have to get somebody as skilled as Jim Henson to pull this off. So we talked to Jim Henson and said, hey, would you want to be this little Yoda Jedi master guy mm-hmm. in my movie? And Jim Henson's like, I'm sorry, I'm just in the middle of gearing up for the Muppet movie right mm-hmm. now. I can't do this because I'm directing the movie. Right but my buddy Frank Oz, he, he's got some extra time. He could probably help you out. So Frank Oz agreed to be part of it. And uh, Yoda was not built by the Muppet people. It was built by this, uh, by, uh, not Peter Allen Shaw. Oh my God! Who's the Star Wars uh, uh, makeup and effects guy? I forget his name. Anyway, he's. The I'm remember- disappointed in you. Yeah. this oh, is literally all you think about. I'll remember day. his name in just a little bit. And so, actually, it was the Star Wars makeup guy who designed Yoda, but with Frank Oz's input and like, a Frank Oz helped have input to make it so that the puppet wasn't could still be uh, emotional and still yeah. show. Uh, thoughts and feelings without could. being just a big like thought, yeah. like blah, blah blah with big buggy eyes yeah and so yeah <laughs> that's how Frank guys want to become becoming a uh, you know huh. that's interesting yeah just because do you see I brought it
0: around like, to Star Wars just to make you know make you feel better yes <laughs>
1: I'm so happy I'm glad I got the mention that. so anyway Star Wars Star <laughs> it's all Star Wars that's um, it yeah no yeah well, Muppets it's, are great Movies. Everybody watch the Muppet movie. And this is the perfect
0: time of year to watch a Muppet Christmas Carol, which is not only one of my favorite Muppet movies, it's a really great Christmas movie, and it's arguably the best Christmas Carol movie. Yeah. So go watch it if you haven't in a while. It really holds up.
1: You should watch uh, it. Still, the best Muppet movie is the Great Muppet Caper. It's the Empire Strikes Back of Muppet <gasps> films.
0: I if I is were more LPL? if I were more
1: aware.
0: At that time, I probably the only women that I have ever before I, I met my wife, the only women I was ever really subconsciously attracted to, <laughs> were Diana Rigg and um, uh, Jennifer Connelly in The Rocketeer. If I were more self-aware wow. at so the time, people
1: work with Muppets. I <laughs> would.
0: <have.
1: laughs> wow. You need to specifically, specifically Jennifer video. Connelly
0: in The Rocketeer. I was not attracted to Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth. She was only
1: like seventeen. Then. Yeah. Man, Jennifer, Conley. This is, this is like the third podcast we were brought up. Jennifer <laughs> Conley and the Rocketeers. <laughs> 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 I thought the Rocketeer since it came out, it gets out but two
0: weeks. but it clearly some aspect oh, of H- it has stayed H- with me. HD Jennifer Connelly, my totally my breasts. totally oblivious erection for Jennifer Connelly. The, first time I watched the Rocketeer
1: just look at her clear, she's like she's in a white dress See,
0: it was I would I, I, I hate to call it in both those cases I hate would hate to call it a sexual thing or even a romantic she thing is also just
1: pretty it's not good,
0: they're both yeah. beautiful women and in like it's it's one of those things where it's like you want to be them yeah. Like, if I am not, I very rarely see female characters where I'm like, that is someone who I would like to be, abstractly, who Bayonetta. is not, <laughs> other than Bayonetta. You know, Why a- do you think I'm growing out my hair? <laughs> That's it right there. No, but, like, Diana Rigg is a badass, and Jennifer yeah. Connelly in the movie is so classically just beautiful, and, like, girl next door sort of thing. Yeah. You know, at the time, I was just like, oh... But, of course, did not have the self-awareness. I want to
1: make a joke about a woman-shaped vagina with, me like, a mumbled mouth and bring it back
0: around. And the- that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Boy Howdy, everybody. We're at boyhowdy.org. Of course, we're Boy Howdy Podcast on the Twitters.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know what we'll do next week. We'll figure it out. Um, and, uh,
1: Well, uh, we, we'll probably get a Game of the Year episode coming up pretty soon, and then, um, we'll probably do a Christmas cast. Yeah. About talking about Christmas stuff. Um... And
0: we got to wrap this up because I want this to be shorter than last week's episode. Okay, so. I was going to look
1: up. Uh, I don't think we have any more to Twitter feedback. Uh, we actually do, but so we're wrapping up. Oh my God, we actually do have a lot of. We'll do that next week. <laughs>
0: no, okay, we'll do it. Let's do
1: uh, Oh, I, I asked for people's favorite uh, Muppets uh, characters and moments. Uh, uh, Norway Bravest says Gonzo singing I'm Going to Go Back There Someday gets me uh, in the heartstrings. Opening, also, the opening montage of M from Space. Which stands for a mudger.
0: <laughs> I've never seen Muppets in Space. I'm, so I'm, I'm glad, only glad only it connected with things. you. Superman, Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo. Yeah. Abstractly, a Gonzo-centric movie is not a also bad idea. Is, uh,
1: Scooter or New Zealand. Yeah. I like you Scooter. On our Muppet is Scooter, just because...
0: Dude, Muppets. I was in technical theater. I sympathized. Of all the characters in the Muppet show, he was the one I sympathized well, with. I like right the most,
1: just because he's just like... He's the most human-normal Muppet. Yeah. He's just like this guy, like, what? <laughs> uh, oh, Emma on the Christmas.
0: Which I know you feel religious feelings for. I've only seen it once with you a couple years ago.
1: Oh, I well, I can talk about that more about the
0: episode. <laughs> we can have that for the that, Christmas that's episode. That's a Munger family
1: thing. Uh, okay, Hideous Energy says, Kermit and Fozzie singing, moving right along in the car. Yeah. Kermit's amnesia costumes in Take Manhattan.
0: Yes! Oh, man!
1: <laughs> Kermit and a mustache, that's all you need to say. <laughs> Olaf Moriarty says, Jim Henson, Pierce may see this as blasphemy. He is wrong. But I never get tired of the Muppets Christmas Carol. The music yes! is awesome. Yes!
0: Anyone who hates the at Christmas Carol does not get the Muppets. I'm sorry. The songs in that are great. The acting in it is actually really great. It is There is one moment that can be removed from the movie, which is the love scene. Oh, uh, that's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, you've made me watch oh. it last year and yeah, you were totally...
0: You can right. cut that from the film and there are some weird parts where like, oh, it's relevant, I guess. But no, it's better
1: without it. Uh, Snoozenstein says, I pretty much tear up whenever uh, I hear the Rainbow Connection.
0: As well, You should. Again, emotions. Emotions. Uh, People think of the Muppets and they think of laughing, but if you think about it hard enough, the Muppets have made you cry one
1: way or the other. Nerdliness says, when I was a kid, I lost my shit when Mark Hamill was on the Muppet show.
0: That, you know what, this is, I'm going to tell a quick anecdote about my mom. My mom showed me the Mark Hamill episode of the Muppets and she started explaining to me that when the first Star Wars movie came out, he was the hot one. Mark Hamill was the hot one. Yes! Which is impossible for me to comprehend. I cannot comprehend seeing Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and wanting to tap Mark Hamill. It is literally well, I cannot. A
1: car wreck since then. Too. But that was so, what... yeah. that was
0: not even it in the first movie. Whiny bitch ass Mark Hamill. Uh, I can maybe see dark like Luke when he kind of comes into his own. Maybe abstractly. Uh, he always kind of weird. Ah, uh. yeah. Anyway, so my mom, I remember it, my mom first shared this to me when Mark Hamill was on the We watched the Mark Hamill Muppet show. And she's like, you know, he was the handsome one. I was like, you're telling me a lie. You're lying to beautiful? me. <laughs> exactly. Why me? would you say something like that? Like
1: saying r 2 is the hot one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. Is that it? Th- thank that you.
0: Thank you all so much for your feedback, guys. We really do appreciate it. We appreciate y'all listening to our gibbering. And I was talking to our friend, Steve Lieber, who listened to it last night while, uh, or during Thanksgiving evening while doing chores. And I told him that genuinely I feel like this podcast is at its best when you feel like you're talking to a couple of your friends. And if that, during any point in this compass you conca- our podcast you have piped up and tried to tell us something, that is exactly what we're going for.
1: Oh, okay. One last thing. We're going to wrap this up. Uh, I have an Altoids tin here. with It's got an O. And I drew Muppet in the O,
0: just like the beginning of the Muppet it's, show. He did! It's beautiful. I will take a picture of it and put it on the blog. Okay,
1: thanks, Friends, guys. Friends, thank
0: you so much. We're on boyhowdy.org. We're at Boy podcast on the Twitters. Thank y'all for listening.